This is the Great One Piece read-through, episode 8, covering volumes 39 through 45. That is the Ennius Lobby and Post-Ennius Lobby arcs, the second half of Water 7. My name is Zach. And my name is Ed. Uh, on today's show, we have special guest uh, returning with us, the animation director for Rick and Morty and Teen Titans Go. We have Brian Newton. Hey, Brian. Hey, Zach. Hey, Ed. I'm really excited to be talking about these volumes. We are more than halfway through the series at this point, and this is uh, this is like the hump to get over it. It's just like with a, a seven volumes, and we're just going to plow right through it. Oh, I'm, I'm feeling it, but I'm really psyched. <laughs> now, now, Brian, um, we'll try and keep this succinct since I think we're going to be talking a long time today about all this. Um, what are your thoughts on Water 7 and particularly Ennius Lobby? Well... In general, this is uh, has a special spot in my heart because this is the arc I caught up on. I've been reading week to week since, yeah. So I remember going through Water 7 not knowing what was going to happen with the series because this is the first time we've seen like a major defeat from the Straw Hats. And that uh, at the time, like the crew's getting broken up, so it's by far the most like intense arc I think we've almost experienced to date. Definitely. Yeah. Um, okay. Is there, are there anything... I guess we'll get into any Lobby more. Um, mm-hmm. Before we get started, we forgot to talk about one of the cover stories last week, I believe. And I think that's the Gadatsu one. Um, and I definitely want to talk about it, because it's... I really, really, really enjoy that cover story. Um, <clears throat> if anyone has any particular thoughts. I don't know if you took notes on that. Oh, no, you didn't take notes last time, Ed? No, 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 I, I did. I just haven't been taking a lot of notes on the cover stories. But okay. I do love the Gadatsu cover story because it's so wacky, just like Gadatsu himself. Like, it's the forest boss and the, like, the, the earth boss and, you know. And, of course, him- all the gags of him trying to do things but not knowing. It, I think all the titles of the of the stories are, Gadatsu, you can't do this and this and this. You have to do it like that or whatever, you know, explaining very simple motor functions. Yeah. <laughs> he motors through. <laughs> Um, I love how it connects to Alabasta, though, uh, which yeah, is kind it, of unexpected. There's an underwater uh, tunnel, underground tunnel, that the the, gra- the Earth Boss builds, or the Dirt Boss, and uh, <laughs> yeah, he, they. It's actually uh, Goro is uh, Toto's brother. It's uh, Koza's uncle. We're, they don't look at all alike, but I guess he did look like that when Toto was uh, when Toto yeah, was he, a little heavier. Yeah. He used to oh, be yeah. a heavier dude. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's so weird reading through these, and for you know, it feels so recent because we've been doing these all. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I, I yeah. also noticed that in this uh, cover story, you, first time you get to see Peel's body and like the effects of the bomb that hit him. That's true. We might as well talk about the other cover story uh, of this of of what we were discussing now, and that's well, the Baroque I mean, one. Zach, there's uh, we we start in the Enru cover story by the end of this material. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, the Baroque works, though, is finished. We won't talk about Enru until next time, because that's mostly in Thriller Bark. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot to talk about there, and a lot that I've already written about it. <laughs> but, um, I mean, what did you guys think of the Baroque works cover story? One of my favorites. Do you have a, What's your least favorite? Uh, Maybe Aces. Yeah, I guess not very. I think a lot of people feel that way because I mean, Waffles is like the second worst, but it still has all that great. No, I like Waffles. Yeah, I I enjoy Waffles. It's very silly and very fun. They're Um, all pretty silly. I can't think of one that. Yeah, I mean, it's just based on me like not liking Waffle as a character compared to because I I mean I I kind of like all the cover stories equally. 
I thought of one that just, might be my second least favorite. I think this it comes might be much a later. Yeah, <laughs> okay. you know it. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a feeling. Um, I we'll get to that. I, I was only going on the ones we've done up in the read through until now, but oh, got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll get to that another time. Uh, the Baroque Works one is pretty good. I like that there are cameos by uh, a lot of people, including Hina and Django and Full Body. Um, love the ending of it with the the dreams. We find out that Crocodile's dream was to become the king of pirates, like Luffy's was. Yeah, and uh, what were the other ones? Uh, Mister One wanted to be a superhero. Yeah, <laughs> and, and also uh, there's more. He's to actually talk dressed about. like um, uh, what was it? Black Vulcan from Harvey Birdman. Yeah, I noticed that too. A little bit. It's yeah, the, yeah. Well, we never see this outfit in actual color, but like in black and white, it totally looks like Black. Yeah, Vulcan. It'll be the what? Wasn't the Black Vulcan blue and yellow? <laughs> I think it was something like that. Yeah, it's like it's a bluish, blackish color. Um, okay, why don't we get into the actual story? I think we've been stalling enough. Uh, and we begin on the train. That's where we left off. We are now, the Rocket Man is chasing after the Puffing Tom. And uh, we get the introduction of probably one of the most iconic characters uh, at the end of Volume 38, which is where we're picking off, mm-hmm. uh, picking up after at the uh, the last chapter of 38. Um, but before actually we get to that iconic character, we have the, of the famous scene of the 300, uh, pound cannon and oh, the, Zach, what's, uh, what's two times 108? I, I don't know. It's too much. It's That's too, too much hard to, to say. It's too hard to say. Just round it oh, up. It was, too, well, it was 216, right? That's yeah, what they yeah. said. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I said that as if it was a revelation. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, a. Uh, in the anime, this scene made as much physical sense as you'd imagine it would. Uh, blasting that's, a that, that's, the, the that's kind of the part I like about reading through the sea train in Eni's lobby in the manga. It felt so much faster, especially in Eni's lobby. But yeah, just the way everything seems to happen so much more quickly in the manga is really appealing. Yeah, because like panels go by lightning fast. So like when they hit mm-hmm. the wave, it feels like you hit the wave and you pass through, not you hit the wave and go through a tunnel for like two minutes. <laughs> and then you're on the what the this is the Big Thunder Mountain Railroad at Disney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I wouldn't th- be a bad I think ride, it was but... supposed to just go straight through in a second. I don't really understand why there was that huge tunnel. Yeah, it's like the second they hit the wave is when they pass through the wave. It's supposed to happen instantaneously. Yeah. Again, timing in the anime is sometimes off the wall. I don't understand how that. Sodom and Gomorrah made it through this at all. Uh, <laughs> not just not just that part, but like the whole going through a rocket train and being dragged in the water alongside uh, alongside it. I can't imagine that's comfortable. Um, anyway, Sanji has this conversation with Luffy, and uh, Usopp decides this is where I'm going to depart. I have nothing to do with this anymore. I'm leaving. I mean, he's on a train, so he really has nowhere to go. As yeah. Frankie points out, but, <laughs> but we, we get this little bit between Zoro and Sanji about like Zoro is trying to. Oh, yeah. It's surprising to me that Zoro tries to make Luffy like make Sanji wait until he shows up. He's like, "Oh, are you concerned for me?" He's like, "I would never be concerned for you." Well, it's great because he is concerned. I, I actually yeah. really enjoyed that that little moment because it's like there's several moments specifically in this arc where you see the trust that the crew has in each other and the concern. And this is one of the more concerning bits. He's like, "Come on, don't." It's risky to throw the seemingly throw his life away for this. Wait until we're all there together. Well, Zoro and Sanji are basically brothers. They have sibling rivalries that are, yes, probably a little more intense than your typical sibling rivalry, but um, 
one day it'll be the yeah. that sibling thing and someone will make fun of Sanji and Zoro will be like, I could say that about him, but you can't say that about oh, him. Oh, that would be a great that would yeah. be a great moment. <laughs> yeah, I hope I hope that, that that happens one day actually. Yeah. Um but yeah, so Sniper King has a or Soga King is as you may also know him, has arrived on the scene. Um this I is love something how Usopp telling Robin's story makes Frankie break out and he just cries. Oh, of course. <laughs> but the Frankie crying throughout all of this and it, which culminates at the end of uh in volume 45 but uh with, with uh, him pretending to to be forced to cry and right and that, yeah yeah <laughs> but that's just that's just the man that he is he's a man who could shed some tears much yeah, like a sanji or a... he's a true man he can hold his heart in his sleeve but it doesn't make him any less tough exactly mm-hmm. no one no one's gonna knock frankie's toughness um so we were talking about how badly the anime did with the sea train thing, but the Sniper King thing, I'm going to say the anime, of course, had an advantage here um, because there was actually a song that went with it in the anime, and that can't yeah, really exist in the snipers. <laughs> yeah, that's like, um, remember when we went to Animazement in 2011, Zach? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, with uh, Yamaguchi-san was there, and every <laughs> the only thing anyone wanted to make him do was sing the Sniper King song. Oh, that's fucking awesome. He did. We have we have that video on our YouTube channel somewhere. Still? Awesome. Yeah. I'm pretty I recorded that with my iPhone whatever that was back then, three, four, <laughs> I don't know. Um so Stop showing off, Zach. How is that showing okay, I don't know. Um I'm a techno geek. It's not really a a well thing. Um anyway. We get, we get that bit with um Oh, first we get a little bit with T Bone where he's like the navy captain who's cutting off of his his robe to like make a a bandage for his yeah, men. Yeah, didn't his didn't one of his soldiers just get a bug bite and he like flipped out like it's the worst wound he's ever seen. Yes, I love it. I don't I don't know if that was in this chapter, but yeah, that is I think that was a little this. earlier on. We kind of skimmed through T Bone last week because Got we it. had been talking for like seven hours. Um, I also want to mention the gag about them all changing outfits. Um, Mostly Nami having to change in front of everyone and that being okay by some people, but not Ooh. Polly. <laughs> yeah, Polly's a prude. Shameless woman. <laughs> um, I, I really like the crew dynamics uh, in, in the Rocket Man. Um, I think throughout this is really, is really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sanji's technique to get rid of T-Bone and company by just cutting the trains... Essentially, uh, or, dis- or well, uh, dislodging, disconnecting—that's yeah. the word I was looking for. Including the gag where someone runs out straight into the water, um, and and many more Looney Tunes <laughs> gags. Uh, I believe that uh, going back to Polly for a second, I believe the term they used for him in the Japanese version, which always stuck with me, was they called him a cherry boy. <laughs> I, I don't want to ask about that any further. That might have, have some to- call. Significance yeah. we may not have here. <laughs> no, it pretty much means exactly what you think it means. Ew. Got um, it. <laughs> we also find out Frankie's weakness, and that is his backside, mm-hmm. um, as S- uh, Sniper King tries to stab him in the back, and that doesn't really work. Um, mm-hmm. And we get Wanzi, but let's just skip that part. Um, <laughs> no. No. You, you like Wanzi? I love Wanzi. He's so fucking funny. Uh, we made a. Uh... We made a, an episode title out of, we, out of him. I, probably more than one. Wanzi, no, Wanzi, don't get mad. Get mad, mad ones. You like Satori too, right? And we had the same discussion. I don't, I don't same hate voice Satori. Actor. How have we oh, not yeah, uh, an episode called It's a Mad, 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 Mad Wanzi? 
Yeah. Here's what I enjoy about Wanzi. He is by far the most Alice in Wonderland-esque character in the series. Because we know Oda is a big fan of that. So you come into his room and it's just completely bug-eyed weirdo with, with like all these quirks on top of quirks. He's a fucking lunatic. And he plays it's with that. statement. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the I, I, it's just... I mean, what do you want to talk about that fight, the Sanji Wanzi fight? Since we're talking about Sanji Wanzi, uh, I know nice it cuts back San- and forth It's nice to see Sanji use something other than his legs in combat, and this gave him a, a, a chance to do so. It's also nice seeing his ability to reshape faces. Yes, um, which comes back later. Yeah, I think the most enjoyable. I have now l- watched this in Japanese. This fight, watched it in English, and read it. Um, and I think the most enjoyable form was watching it in English, actually. Um, I think I just really hate the Japanese voice actor for Because he also thing. voices Satori. And they sound exactly the same. But I don't hate him in a future role he has, which I'll talk about when we get to that, maybe, yeah. if I well, remember. Well, also, like, the actual artwork for when, like, Sanji's trying to kick Wanzi and Wanzi's dodging. It's also really well well composed for a fight sequence. Uh, and then we get the Frankie Nero fight. Um, yeah, so Nero. He's Nero. Nero kind of sucks. <laughs> I don't no. think anyone denies that. Yeah, including Lucci. Uh, Lucci also says that he sucks. But I enjoy Frankie in the fight. I just don't enjoy Nero. I like how Frankie actually pulls off the look behind you trick with, yes. with Nero. <laughs> yeah, because as 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 Frankie reiterates, "Hey, I'm a, f- a fucking punk from my old town. I'm not going to fight fair." Mm-hmm. But I like his idea of not fighting fair is the look behind you trick. I mean, come on. And uh, <laughs> meanwhile, uh, Sniper King uh, sneaks using his Octo shoes, I think, um, into yep. Robin's car. Uh, uh, how did, how can they leave her alone like this? Th- this is the part of. Well, this they don't because Corgi comes in. was there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's a trusty, reliable corgi. Where the hell is she going to go? It's Is she going to jump into the ocean? Yes, possibly. But I, I like that sort of casual conversation they end up having. It's like the straw hats aren't so weak that they need you to worry about them. You know, they couldn't carry on knowing that you sacrificed yourself for them. Well, it's very – everything that Usopp says is, is super important, not just because he just went through all of what we just went through in the last, uh, in the last episode of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also – it's also very. It resonates with Robin throughout the arc. You'll see a lot of flashbacks to that particular conversation uh, that Robin has as we go through it. I also like to point out that this arc specifically is where I dubbed Oda the king of one-liners, for not just like how fights end, but just like character moments like that one with Usopp, where those a character will say a line and it just resonates with you for that moment and throughout the the whole of the series. I I think. Um, we, we cut away from the Puffing Tom, and this is when I just want to make a point, because this arc, I think, is the arc of two-page spreads, or the first one where they're, they're really common. Um, and I think one of the, the greatest ones at this point is the Castlegate one, which is the, the one where Zoro cuts the train into, and you yeah. see everyone shocked on both sides of the train. <laughs> on. Yeah. And then we get the um, that was used, I think, as one of the in between pages between chapters when there isn't an SBS. I think 
Yeah, I, I, th- I think it is. The, yeah. Because there's a panda man, I think, in there, too, maybe. Oh, we're, I'm sure there is. <laughs> I'm sure there. Yeah, I see him. There he is. Yeah. Uh, and we get um, Zombie and uh, all the people back on the uh, on the Rocket Man Im- impersonating Luffy and Zoro doing the, the oh, 300-pound cannon. We have that. And we have the T-Bone fight, which is... I, it has to be quick, because he's standing in the water as the train is coming. And I like how it's done. It's It's a really... Yeah. It's really cool, and he, it's they're clearly not underrating T-Bone, because they, he has to finish him off in one, but they kind of hype him up, oh, he's this super strong guy, blah, blah, blah. And it's he is, and Zoro respects with, him. Yeah, the fight with T-Bone's also a moment where it made more sense for me in the anime than it did in the manga. Just like how timing worked out and what moves they, the move exchange they had. Definitely. the A lot of these are clearly impossible to like in by any stretch of the imagination so animating it i could see being an enormous challenge (laughs) and then delaying it because it's the anime and then you know stretching it out i could see even being tougher yeah Um, that's that's when that actually comes as an advantage i love how they show like the the sliced uh sea king first like to show like yeah this t-bone guy (laughs) yeah uh and like no one it's like nobody can even believe that zoro isn't the captain how, with how strong he is. It's, it's every time he fights, time. they say that. Every, like, from now until we finish doing these read-throughs, that's sad. Yeah, but Zoro isn't a leader. He That's no. just, that's not who he is. He's a, he's either a, he's a loner, but he, he you know, he, he trusts in Luffy. On a, they're just judging on raw power. It's kind of like yeah. the way fam, fan boys, I would say, say, oh, well, this person's stronger than this person, so that person's the best. Even though we know Luffy's potentially stronger than Zoro, but not everyone sees it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the I, I really the th- another thing the anime does a little bit better is the timing of the end of Frankie and Sanji's fights, mm-hmm. and them kind of and ending up right in front of CP9. Mm-hmm. Um, because oh, yeah, the- you want to you don't want to skip over that. I, I do want to say something about um, the Frankie and Nero fight. I just love the gags with Frankie in that fight. Just the backward centaur and Frankie invincible, where he <laughs> lays down yeah. with his back to the. Well, that's what I said. I enjoy Frankie in that fight, not Nero. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is actually where the manga starts to do that a lot more, where they jump around a lot within chapters, which is really annoying to me when we're reading it week to week. But in the manga or in the uh, volumes, it bothers me less. But still, it's just it, it makes you really vo- don't like that. You've always it makes the volume more of the work of art as opposed to the chapter. I think. I think the One Piece is always like that. I think. I, I think it is a much better volume read than it ever will be a weekly read. Um, it's because it's just such an enormous series. It can never be as good on its own as it, as it can be together. Well, maybe uh, that's also like the strength of Oda's writing and storytelling. The fact he can kind of s- plan things out in advance that way. Because mm-hmm. as we've known before, he does the chapter like three weeks in advance. Well, I mean, reading through these as quickly as we have, not to get too far off of what we're talking about, um, has made me realize, because when something happens in volume 24 and it comes back in 45, which happens a lot, uh, as we'll find out. It's volume 45. What are you going to do? Right, right. Uh, and, and 24 was a big one. as Or 25, I'm sorry. 25 to 45. It feels like only a couple weeks have passed, which is what it's felt like to us because that's how long it's been since we've read it. But it's weird because for Oda and for the reader, it was 
years, like five, six years. I don't know how long. Um, and it's crazy how he could still make it feel like only weeks have passed, considering that much time has actually gone on in writing it. Um, and I, I think that's a real credit. And I think it's it's to what you said, Brian, is he has that ability to to write in the long term in a way that we're, we're in such a short term when we do the podcast week to week and we do a chapter a week. Uh, that it's sometimes hard to peek your head up over and see what's going on and put yourself in the perspective uh, yeah. of the bigger story. Yeah, because when you're week to week, you have so many theories and ideas flowing to your head every at every panel at every page that you're you've already lived the world like several times over before you finally get that reveal. Yeah, I think I think we overanalyze obviously because that's what we're here to do and. To look yeah. and to take your head out of the clouds is I think is important to do time to time um, anyway as I, as I mentioned before I've been going through these volumes with my color walk in hand and this volume has some great uh, great color spreads they have that uh, the first one I think with um, all the, the different characters with the uh, uh, what's it called um, it's yeah, the crash we can fight it and uh, yeah that's a good one that's a good one and also the companion piece to the other one yeah with the with the the, the Japanese outfits I don't know what they're called well with, oh. without without Robin and Usopp though yeah I, I, I actually have that one it's in my office right now I have a big uh, official print of that very cool and I actually yeah. started to notice uh, in this uh, round of reading that all of my uh, calendars. I have calendars going back to 2009, the bi-monthly calendars. So I, I get to like, I get even bigger. Some, some of these, uh, college friends. I love it. Uh, so I, I guess we could pick up here then from the actual quote unquote fight with CP nine. So they, they try everything, whether it's cheap or not cheap to get Robin back smoke screens. Um, yeah. I love when Frankie just rips off the side of the train. To that's escape. what a what a heroic, uh, self sacrificing moment from Frankie mm-hmm. there. Um, I mean, what they're trying to do. I mean, as the reader reads more about Frankie, they're like, "Oh, I like this guy more and more." And I think this is a very solidifying moment uh, for Frankie. Mm-hmm. I, and I, 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 and right before that, we get the ultimate moment when Lucci casts Nero aside, and it's like. He got so angry at Nero for losing the plot in that, you know, you're not supposed to kill him. You can't kill Frankie. But Nero, Nero just <laughs> yeah. lost. He's like, I'm going to kill that son of a bitch. And he's like, no, you're not. You're done. Bye-bye. <laughs> I love how cold Lucci is. It's, it's an, yeah, it's like the, and the, like the things that he says, like, you can kill an eight-year-old to save humanity. The only way Robin can make people happy is, to make, is, to dis- is for her to disappear. Rob yeah. Lucci is a stone-cold professional, and Nero proved not to be a professional. Uh, what I also liked is you kind of see Bluno's comparative strength because I think Sanji does a real crazy kick to his face and he does flinch a little. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the first time we see any cracks in the armor of CP9. They're kind of yeah. somewhat yeah, invincible to that point. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Bluno has always sort of been yeah, always, weaker. He, of that. Not that he's weaker. It's that he's kind of dumb. Like... Lucci especially I, seems to seems to treat Bluno he's, like he's a. I disagree with that. Bluno's never seemed dumb to me. Lucci treats everyone like the they're bar- dumb. <laughs> yeah, he played the dumb bartender, but yeah. he's not. He's way more cunning than that. I think. I think as well. I think he's a little cocky, mm-hmm. um, and he definitely has some flaws. I mean, he is a villain. Uh, it's yeah, gonna happen. Even, yeah, even what's coming up in Inus Lobby proves that Bluno's not dumb. 
No, he he actually is. Yeah, you're right. He's the the only one to kind of figure out what's going on. Um, but then he also thought he could take out Luffy by himself. And well, that feeds look, it to the cocky angle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to mention this probably on the actual podcast, uh, one of these uh, next week. But when s- people are not actually in the storyline, they don't know that Luffy's going to win it. <laughs> it's like, how, how are they supposed to know that Luffy's the protagonist? They need um, to get a copy of Shonen Jump. <laughs> That's really, it's like Intamai, you know, you have to actually get the Shonen Jump while you're in the Shonen Jump series. Um, oh, do you see when, remember when Luchi laughs at, uh, yeah, when they're trying to take, when they're trying to take Robin back? He just, that, that like, that, you wouldn't expect that from him, but, uh, just, uh, that just makes me hate him even more. It's kind of difficult. Um, yeah. I want to talk about Lucci as a villain at the very end, uh, definitely, because uh, I think he's kind of interesting in very different case. Um, but I, I want to save that. Really, one of my favorite Luffy fights. Um, yeah, we'll save that. That's at the very end ish. Um, so we finally get to Ennius lobby when everyone else is kind of thrown for a loop. We do get the reveal that Robin, uh, the O'Hara was Buster called, and that's kind of why Robin has been so hesitant to to rejoin the crew because she mm-hmm. knows how bad it could be. So they were using her past essentially. As like a, a PTSD weapon, kind of. Well, yeah, it's exactly what it is. Yeah. Shady motherfuckers. Yeah. They are. Oh, uh, Yokozuna returned at one point too in these chapters. Yeah, he's yeah. Yokozuna's he's around also. <laughs> I actually have that written group. in my notes that Buster Call equals PTSD. Oh, that's, you did. That's exactly what I. Great wrote. minds think alike here, Ed. Um, <laughs> and so we see Ennis Lobby. It is a, it's a daytime island, so it's always day somehow. We. Yep. To this day, we don't really know why that is. And there's a giant hole. And there's a giant waterfall hole. Um, Zach, you can put that in your article and smoke it. I should. I just don't know how it fits in with everything. So I don't, I, all I'd say is this is it odd. Will. Um, One of the moons is a mirror, and it hovers over any sloppy. <laughs> um, there are worse theories than that. Uh, so we also see Spandam and Funkfried and uh, new characters, Jabra, Fukuro, and Kumidori. Um, mm-hmm. And what did you think of these three? <laughs> oh boy. the most serious of the of the yes the, very, very very serious i can see why they weren't trusted to really do the the deep mission fukuru's mouth cracks me up every time every time i see it i'm like oh my god a zipper for a mouth is too good it's too much the fun. gossip the gossip lover yeah oh what's funny about a uh, fukuru is that um when I originally read this character's voice because the anime hadn't gotten there yet i always read it as bobcat goatwaite and and not until the anime got there did I realize the joke of like his childlike or his ch- him gossiping is the fact he's a little kid who tells everybody secrets. And he's voiced in the Japanese by uh, Sergeant Frog. Frog. Yeah, yeah. So it's always Chapapa. I told everybody Chapapa. <laughs> I'm gonna get, to get you to do that voice again. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think I mentioned this on the podcast that I'm a big Kumidori fan, and I have no real good explanation other than for some reason he just cracks me the hell up. I also um, like when Frankie bites random people's heads. Yes, that happens a lot. <laughs> Look out, he's a biter. Let's yeah, that's a great line. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, actually, as we're talking about these three amazing characters, uh, another character walked in, Steve, uh, Steve Yurko. Yo, yo! Uh, <laughs> your voice is a little different than I remember. I am 
Steve Yurko. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so you haven't been on since like the first read through. I, I have not been on. Uh, I I was in spirit though because Brian did an awesome impression of me on the uh, last Skypea episode. That was a very good impression, Brian. I, I I gotta say I was I was very impressed. Thank you. Uh, can you do that again? That Steve impression. I'll try it. I'll go for it right now. As uh, I, I'm, I'm Steve Yurko. I, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm, I'm such a stupid, stupid head. Look was, at me. That was, that was great, Brian. How was that, Steve? Did that sound like you? Wow! Holy crap! It was, <laughs> it was like I was looking in the mirror, except I didn't look like me. <laughs> um, so yeah. So, what do you think about these three characters, Steve? Uh. I'm sorry I was running late. I just want to talk about Spondum. Uh, I love Spondum. Yeah, we haven't even <laughs> talked about Spondum oh, okay. that much. In yeah, We talked about it last it. week. He but. spills his coffee. <laughs> he he looks like mankind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure, I, I, I haven't listened to the previous one, so I, I don't, I'm pretty sure Ed filled you guys in on all that. But, yeah, I guess we could talk about the other members of CP9. Uh, uh, they're, they're a goofy bunch, you could say. Uh, while... Lucci and his crew have been pretty uh, straight-faced uh, ever since their heel turn. Uh, these guys are a little more one-piece. They're a little more gimmicky. Cleefa gets wackier during the fight. But not hey, maybe. that's sexual harassment, Ed. <laughs> no, it isn't. Uh, but uh, besides that, we also see that there's a giant waterfall in the middle of Penny's lobby. But that, 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 that isn't really explained either. Um, Yet. Yes. <laughs> so the plan was uh, they're going to let the underlings, the Frankie family and Paulie and all them go first and clear everything out. But something happens that ruins that plan. And that's that Luffy jumps ahead because that's what Luffy does. Yeah. Well, first, no, Chopper and Luffy have to meet Soki King and ask for his autograph. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> important, uh, important things. Yeah. Luffy just doesn't under- understand. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna. So he's gonna. He's gonna. Robin. He says. He says. Robin's a jerk. He's gonna take her back either way. <laughs> he's got a new movie he wants to try out. I wonder what that means. Um, I should also mention uh, Soga King or Sniper King has one of the greatest lines ever. Uh, when Chopper asks, "Where is Sniper Island?" He says, "It is inside your hearts." <laughs> I think that was the second time he did it. In, in the when he first introduces himself, it's this little bubble that's partially obscured because no one's listening to him. Yeah, no one cares. Yeah, it's oh, it. The the Sniper King stuff was already really awesome, and then just now getting to see him interact with such gullible guys like Luffy and Chopper, it it's even better. So, so this whole section of the story are fights. So instead of going <laughs> chronologically back and forth and back and forth, which I know Ed loves. As we've discussed. Luffy ch- tries for a right, right-handed right punch. He misses. He goes for a left-handed punch. He misses that. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go uh, fight by fight. Might as well start with just Luffy rampaging. Uh, no, gum gum ally about. robot. There's the ally robot. There's the <laughs> volcano. There's just running through crowds. Attack, yeah, robot. attacking those guys, I like to call the, uh, the Optimus Prime uh, <laughs> faction of the Marines. I don't know. They got Optimus Prime helmets. Uh the guards, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if we talk about color spreads or anything that much. Uh, Ed did this, just mention them. Uh, yeah. the, the Straw Hats versus uh, CP9 uh, yeah, color I, spread. I, I'm a big fan of that Chapter one. Chapter 377. Yeah. I thought this was the coolest thing ever, and I always wanted a poster of it. Did you and also, that one? Uh, No, because they didn't make them. Mm. You've got to make your own. 
Uh, and Frankie being included with the Straw Hats, I remember at the time it was a big thing in the fan community. Like, this, this has to mean Frankie's joining. Yeah, because at the time, a lot of people were still speculating that Polly and Kaku would join the crew. <laughs> and and Kaku, right? Still clinging on right. to that Kaku. Yeah. Um, I bet people are still doing it. Uh, not gonna, ha- not gonna happen. Um, Oimonokashi are asleep, guys. <laughs> Yeah, okay. it's the interesting thing is this all takes place in the middle of the night, uh, which is yeah. easy. To oh forget. my god, I I forgot they about have, that because yeah. they have to wake up the giants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys want to talk about the? Let's just talk about the giants now. Um, I, I know this is going to be somewhat out of order, but there's just the fights go back and forth a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, what were you guys' initial thoughts on that? Uh, Brian, do you want to? Holy shit! Yeah. I was like mind-blowing right here because by this point we hadn't seen giants in close to like 200 chapters and then they just like show up and and what the great thing about specifically that one page when the uh frankie family encounters the giants you truly get a sense of oda's scale like you see humans with big humans with giants and you understand how even like the frankie destroyer family those three big brothers or those three big guys mm-hmm. pale compared to the size of a real giant. I thought that that sequence was excellent. Yeah. Ed? Oh, I just, the giants, they bring back sort of, uh, they tie into the larger world, and I love how it just sort of ties in his lobby up with, you know, things that, you know, people, you know, Little Garden seemed like an excursion. It seemed like kind of irrelevant uh, after it happened. But this brings it back. It just, you know, Oda plans ahead. That's what he does. Uh, Steve? Um, let's say we remember the giants from Little Garden, uh, Dorian Brogy, and they were a big deal. They were very tough. Um, so now it's like, oh, we got two giants uh, ahead of us. This is this isn't going to be easy. Though you can imagine that they're obviously going to fall. They're going to be fodder for the Frankie family and Galley Law, but they uh, they look they still look fearsome. They're 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 a little more cartoony than Dorian Brogy. Well, that's hard to say. Uh, Brogy was pretty cartoony. Uh, Oimo, o- o- Oimo has a lot of resemblance to Brogy. Uh, Brogy as uh, Kashi is more of a Dory kind of guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess. I, yeah. I really like their designs. Though. Yeah, I think I, I like. I think I like their designs more than I like the Little Garden really? Giants designs. Yeah, because no. Little Gardens are just like big Vikings. That's true. I mean, that, I mean, they 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 seem this way too, Oimo and Kashi. Yeah, but they stand out a little more because like Oimo has this really like egg shape. This and just makes me excited for eventually going to Elbaf and seeing he's got tons a, of these guys. Yeah, he's got exactly. Those too. Uh, they also <laughs> yeah. haven't gro- they haven't grown in their beards yet. So. Yeah, um, they were they are younger. Yeah, yeah they, they, they're they're teenagers in uh, giant years. <laughs> kind of, yeah. They get attacked. The uh, Sodom and Gomorrah bite them. <laughs> oh, they get like brutally injured, and and yeah. the the worst. Yeah, true. I feel so bad because these guys are like clearly so nice, and they're being used. We find out a little later, um, and and everything with Sniper King, which is all great, but they get just pummeled repeatedly, and even after we find that out, they get hurt a lot. Um, they're <laughs> like they're the butt of all the violence, and and it's it it makes me ache a little. I think we talked about that with the Frankie family last week. It's like once they you know when you know they're gonna be allies it kind of hurts to watch them just get massacred and now now looking at it now uh chapter 379 also has like a summertime color spread so that's like uh four color spreads in the span of like less than 10 chapters 
Maybe between something special going on. Volumes 39 and 40? That's a, but, that's a but lot. But 379 has something much more important, Ed, and that's power levels. Because how are we going to get through this without power levels? Uh, first, before we get to that, the, they, uh, the previous chapter is where we get the, the first uh, five, the five casualties report to Spondum. He's like, five <laughs> casualties? What the fuck? What's wrong no, with you? No, let me revise that. It's five. Yeah, it was five. It was four hundred, and then no. Let me revise that. It's five. Five. And then, um, all he gets great. hit in the head. Yeah, that was. It's a great gag. Um, I'm not going through the power levels, uh, as you could all guess. Though uh, the strongest one is Kumidori, because come on, um, we're very lucky. Um, I think the dude once said this when this was introduced. He was very worried that this was going to become a thing in One Piece. Luckily, it's just a government thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, luckily uh, it's just a Fukuro thing, it seems. Well, I, I honestly think after rereading this, this may show up again recently, but I think Steve's right. It may only be restricted to how the government perceives the world. Yeah. Which, uh, which is all fine and dandy. Let's get I, the scouters out, Steve. I forgot how many <laughs> wide shots there are during Eni's lobby. There's some awesome. Like, there's so many awesome crowd shots. Yeah. And then, of course, when Lucci and the gang return, uh, that big panel with just the uh with kumidori and the others just turning around the couch looking back um it's there's so many awesome shots in this like they're at the time oda still left a lot of panels with room to breathe yeah yeah he didn't he didn't have as much like story to tell and much characters to jam in there so like every chapter could you know you know feel like you can in like involve the environment a little more. Uh, Steven and I have been like trying to figure out what the apex of uh, Oda's drawing ability has been through th- through the series. And I thought Water 7 was actually kind of a bit of a downgrade from Skypea in 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 the manga, not the anime. Um just art-wise, but Ennius Lobby I think looks really damn beautiful throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think he does a and very good job. I remember my theory from last week that Water 7 is intentionally drawn a little bit off to make it seem... Uh, desperate. Uh, and not desperate. It's like, uh, dis- it's like disconnected. It's, um, it's intended to make you feel uncomfortable because things aren't quite right. But maybe that's a little too meta for Oda. I mean, it's possible... Um, because Ennius Lobby looks back on model, whatever the model, even though Chopper obviously looks a lot different than he did. Chopper's looked that way ever since Skypea. Yeah. Um, Chopper is in full normal Chopper, as we know him today. He's, yeah. He looks like Mascot that. Chopper. Um, but. Yeah, he's, he, he's really simplified his design. <laughs> they're, they're just beautiful two-page spreads throughout this arc. Um, I mean, as, as we move from the, the fodder fights to the Luffy-Bluno fight, um, yeah. there's just some iconic ones, uh, Luffy throwing Bluno into the ground, for example. Yeah. Um, and just some of the, just Luffy beating up random fodder. Some of those two page spreads are just oh, beautiful. Oh. Uh, while we're still talking about the art, this is something, <laughs> this is one of the reasons why I've been really dying to be on the read through so I could just talk about his progression, his change in style. And yeah, going back to the water seven stuff, it's, <laughs> Like, I don't want to sound too insulting. It's a little wonky. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. It still has his Skypea like, style, but I don't know, the, the character face is like Luffy's. It's a lot. I, I don't know how to describe it. It's just, it's a little, it's so much different. I think by the time uh, the story gets to Enya's lobby, uh, I, I've said this before, and I think I'll say this. This is like the beginning of the, of like, 
I'd say his the height of Oda's artwork in the series. Yeah, rereading these, I feel like this is his Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> it looks so good. Uh, he's kind of shaken off. Like it, I, I, I forgive me. I can't think of a good word to describe how like characters like Luffy look. Just I feel like Luffy's pupils were a little further out. Yeah, maybe uh, I, I noticed like one his eyeballs. Seven. Yeah, mm. I think the the mouths tend to be a lot bigger. Uh, I, and his lobby is just his artwork is freaking amazing, uh, which is so weird because uh, you know I I think a lot of us uh, started with the anime, yeah. um, and the anime is it's the opposite. Water Seven I think is some of the best looking anime episodes. Uh, the End of Skypea and Water Seven I think is the pinnacle for the anime, and Ennius Lobby is just this long slog downward into the abyss for the I, for the anime. I I'd agree with you. But the uh, manga is kind of the inverse, not the inverse, but it's it's not the same. Ennius Lobby looks fantastic, I think consistently. Um considering it's just a lot of fighting, you know. I mean the the plot isn't necessarily moving where you might at the pace you want it to, but it looks beautiful, I think. And the characters are so expressive, uh especially uh, like Frankie and Spondum. Uh so many just great expressions. Uh I love this stuff. I, I love going back and looking through this. Not saying that... I, I'm not saying One Piece doesn't look great today. It still does, but you you could see that he's moving quicker just to get it done. While yeah, I'm looking at yeah. one page... Uh, to, where, and you could tell because the chapters are also much shorter now. And he also has had health issues, so who knows? Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I'm not going to harp on that. You know, there's There's tight deadlines, and... Oda has to juggle a lot of stuff, way more than he was doing back well, in 2005. What's funny about this, a little later in this, uh, this vo- these volumes is when we got the first like um, serious health condition from Oda, which prevented him from doing more chapters. What was that? It was right when f- uh, the Frankie Fukuro fight. He took like a month or two off. Did he? Really? Yeah. I didn't know about that. Yeah, I was I still getting into it. But, but that's why that one sequence in the anime when they had all those like filler recap episodes. Yeah. That's why that happened. Uh-huh. Because there's so much content that they couldn't like. I thought that know. happened well, because they because switched the, time slots. The time slots, yeah. yeah. No, well, that, it's funny because like around that same time, is like Oda took the break. So that means they're still doing two for two. Like two chapters for one episode. No, by the time time? they started Ennis Lobby in the anime, it was definitely one 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 chapter, one or one. Maybe actually, the first episode of Ennis Lobby was paced very well. Afterwards, it but that makes sense because that's that's usually like a year behind. Yeah. So they would have already known that. Oh wait, Oda took like two months off, so we need there's there's we're gonna catch up sooner than later, so we need Mm -hmm. to like readjust our schedules. We have a long way to go, guys. We're only in the like, <laughs> second volume here. Sorry, so I, just yeah, keep I, I finally got to talk about the art thing. No, no, I, that's I, that's one of the reasons yeah. I've wanted to have you on, Steve, for a while. But in, um, this, in this same chapter where they're talking, we get the uh, you know Khalifa and her sexual harassment stuff, uh, and Jabra and Luchi going at it like dogs and cats and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and we get a little bit of Spondum's ideology. Spondum finds the current government far too weak. He intends to enforce justice. Uh, peace through murder is his ideology. He actually says Fishman must be eliminated. Yeah, I thought that was very does random. He? he does. Yeah, he does. It's weird and random. 
Injector 379, yeah. He's a racist, just to <laughs> add add on to everything else that you don't like about Spandau. Oh. It seems yeah, in this world everyone's racist against Fishman. Yeah, and he's a woman beater, which yeah. is, again, that's a horrible. Spandim, I think, Spandim we've is talked than about before. Average man. He's weaker than the average he's man. A, he's weaker, than, but he's got a big sword. Um, <laughs> it's compensating for all the other things. Uh, but Spandim, we've talked about it, probably the most evil of the villains in the series, and I, I, I still tend to agree. He's just... Uh. No, he's pretty bad. The current like, I can't one. get on. Yeah, I can't get on Spandam's side at all. Like I could, I could roll with Crocodile, even Do Flamingo, but I can't roll with Spot. Hey, I, I never. I don't agreed. know. Caesar was pretty evil. Well, yeah. let's not talk about future villains. If, if I never, talking. I never agreed on Sp- uh, Spandam's ideologies, but I just love his design. <laughs> I, I, I want to talk about the Devil Fruits and specifically yeah. the ones that Kaku and Khalifa decide to eat and don't they taste enjoy. Like Yep. Yeah, this is the first time we've seen characters eat devil fruits uh, since Luffy. Buggy, Buggy, Luffy and Buggy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, they don't actually eat them. They yeah. don't actually eat them for a while after they get them. Uh, it's not, not that long. long. It's like a, a chapter, a, two. Like a chapter or two. Yeah, <laughs> we've we've skipped over the uh, flying rocket man and the dog guards, guys. My favorite characters. Of all oh, time. Okay, there's a reason we skipped over these. I also mentioned the rocket man because. Well, the flying. I love the fact that they get the doors open and then <laughs> Zoro hostages. Like, that part or no? No, no, no. The part where they go over the door and instead of going through the door that was just opened. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like why did we do all that? <laughs> yep. Uh, but Soga King he tries to take all the credit for that. <laughs> and that, oh, this is also where we get the pirate A uh, gag with Zoro and Sanji. So like, good. Oh, maybe you're pirate B. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, no one knows who Sanji is. <laughs> Moving past from the uh, from the devil fruits, we don't find out exactly what they do for a little while. Uh, Spandam is holding the golden Denton Mushi that calls a uh, buster call, and he hovers his finger over it, saying, "Ooh, if I do this, the entire island will disappear. I have the authority." And then a guy runs in and yells, "Oh my god! I could have pressed that button." Um, and uh, we find out that the uh, that we're going to find out what happened to, to Luffy. Spandam's finally going to find out after defeating five whole people what's <laughs> going to happen to Luffy. So he goes over, he's like, I got to tell Robin and Frankie this. They're going to cry. Uh, and we find out that, no, they've reached the square and they've taken out, what was it, uh, thousands, I think? Maybe like 2,000. Over 2,000. Over, yeah, because there's 10,000 soldiers, 10, soldiers on any lobby. Uh, and we see a badass spread with Zoro and Sanji uh, yeah. in front of the uh, oh. Fallen King Bulls. I I love all the stuff of them trying to reach this courthouse, like with the you, Sodom you and Gomorrah going down right after the oath. Yeah, it's but it's like it's, no, it's, it's back and forth. We kind of talked about the fights. I don't want to like go chronologically because it'll take for fucking ever. That's right. And there's but, a lot. <laughs> just for people who haven't read this arc, the specific volume, volume forty. It's jam-packed with, like, straw hats rushing to get to a location. I think it's the best how it is done. Let me put it this way. I think volume 40 is a is an awesome volume, but there's not that much we could discuss other than 
this was badass. This was badass. This was cool. I like how this was done. So I don't want to. I want to spend too much time we, doing. We that. can't get into it. Just again. Take we probably should. And if I could add anything, things. it's that animals are also badass. And so are oh, yeah. jurors with giant no, chain. The balls. jurors suck. What the what the hell's the point of the jury? And they like the guilty jury and the guard dogs. They're just, they're just awesome S and M characters. They look like demolition True. from the eighties. From the that's old. right. WWE days. Um, and we get the origin of Sodom and Gomorrah as well, which is awesome. That that's they true. were, you know, that they were just king bulls that were inside the stomach of a, like a sea king that Frankie and the family killed. Like yeah. that, that's quite hungry. the origin story. They're so, already too full, so they didn't eat them as mm-hmm. well. <laughs> Since we're going to be introduced here to Baskerville, uh, Ed, I want to ask you: <laughs> Do you, as as a lawyer, I mean, not me too, but I want to ask you. Uh, <laughs> Do you like the court kind of theme to this as ridiculously played as it is? I, I loved how the court was depicted in the, the last episode we did, where it's like it's a it's a complete sham. It's the only way like no one ever comes out of there alive. But we see that the reason is why it's from this guilty jury. Like, you know, the guilty jury with the giant uh, mace balls or whatever. Do you yeah. call those? I don't know. But Baskerville is such a gag character. I don't even I almost don't even know what to make. Of have him. you never argued in he, front of a judge like this before? Ed? I, I know I have. I mean. <laughs> Instantly, I remember when this character was introduced, it struck me of, like, memories of Monty Python, like Quest for the Holy Grail. Yeah. It's as silly and ridiculous and awesome as that. hmm Yeah. Oh, and the, the giants end up betraying uh, the government because of Soga King. He gets left behind when uh, they, they jump onto the king poles and he sort of goes flying and he thinks he's being, like, he's getting, like, a water attack from, it's actually almost tears. Oh, yeah. That's a great scene. I mean, we kind of talked a little bit about it, but I mean, that's just such an important moment for uh, for Usopp. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think we don't know the full ramifications, but I'm sure it'll it'll I'm sure one day he will reunite with with those two. Um, Mm -hmm. We'll we'll talk about the very end, I guess. it's like poop. And then that's the devil fruits. They, they taste like poop. So I want to talk about the highlight, one of the highlights of NES Lobby for me, and that's Luffy versus Bluno. And I think mm. the anime does an amazing job with this fight, even if it's split up a little bit. Um, that's why you have to re edit it. To, to, yeah, you know? exactly. We've been say, we said this a lot last week, Steve. I don't know if you, you, you've heard this, but at this point in the series, One Piece is a, ser- is a series. It's like, it's like raw materials for fan edits. The, the what do you mean? Well, yeah, what do you mean exactly? Well, I, every, I every, everything is so spaced out that it's kind of hard to watch. Like, if you want to watch a fight, you got to wait through three episodes. And like, this one, this one takes a long time. To yeah, this is uh, like any his lobby. Like later, still has kind of like chapters entirely devoted to a fight. But yeah, this this is like a precursor to what One Piece fights would become much much later. Is okay, this fight begins, and it's just going to constantly go on for the next bunch of chapters. Yeah, but in the manga, the Blue No Luffy fight didn't take that long. No. The, I mean, they, they drop little tiny hints of it earlier, but it's mostly condensed into, into two chapter, two to three chapters, I think. Yeah. Um, so we got to talk about Gear, gear 2. Uh, well, gear Luffy second, has to become stronger gear. so he can never lose his friends again. Uh, what did... I mean... Ed, you were nice enough not to spoil this for me, and I was yeah. shocked. I'm like, oh, there is a Super Saiyan in a uh, in One Piece. <laughs> that's, uh, what you, that's what you thought. Well, Everyone I mean, that's, that. that's what it is. It's more or, like Kaioken. Okay, yes, uh, that's accurate. <laughs> that is more what it's like. Um, Steve, what did you think when you first saw Gear Two? Super Saiyan. Okay, <laughs> Brian, is that? <laughs> uh, yeah, 
kind of. But uh, really, it, if you want to get technical, it's more fun to say Super Saiyan, but uh, if you want to get technical, Kaioken is correct. It's the Kaioken. Yeah. Just like the speed of his attacks, like that the first jet pistol that he fires at Bluno, like, you can't keep up with me anymore. It's time to go. Uh yeah, and Luffy like he he's such a like a combat genius as we've said before that he figures out how the six forms work. He's able to fight Bluno on his own terms, not, and Bluno's like he, Bluno can't even believe this is happening to him. Basically. Not the first time Luffy's seen uh, the uh, what's it the shuru or the shave technique. Uh, sort of. Or even yeah, sure. Uh, or even indicated that it's the same technique that uh, uh, Doc, Captain Kuro uses. Yes. Yeah, well, they, they said it. they said it's not the same, but they're very similar. So mm-hmm. he said the difference was Kuro can't see what he's doing. He doesn't have control of what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, but it's of the same speed, so Kuro would get his ass whooped, I think, was what the SBS about that said. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, is, it is similar. I think the difference is they have control over it, and now Luffy does as well. Uh, I just want to say, uh, besides this, they also for, uh, foreshadow Zora's aura bending powers when he fights. Uh, what's it? When he's uh, fighting in, in the courthouse, yeah. like like he like he's like a demon, and it's it's subtle foreshadow. And, and Luffy foreshadows the third gear, which we see a little later. Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad we don't have to be coy about this because this all gets resolved in in, in this read through. Yeah. Uh, but Zach, I think it's about time for that volume. Oh my God, forty-one. Okay, yeah. this is going to be the bulk of what we're talking about today. I think, <laughs> um, and we're going to be saving a lot of this probably for the Reverie segment. Although a lot of it still to this day has not been resolved very much at all. Um, but before we get to get to the good stuff in volume forty-one, I mean, I love that cover. Um, we kind of been skipping over the covers. Uh, I like forty a lot as well. Um, but it's just a very different kind of, it, it's like an old school kind of cover. It looks like something out of like a drum Island or something. I wasn't a big fan of this volume cover actually when it originally came out. Um, I, <laughs> maybe cause I, I honestly thought that, uh, Olvia was uh, blonde cause I thought yeah. oh, it was going to continue with the Uma Thurman thing. Everyone thought that. Yeah. yeah. Kill Bill. Yeah. Um, and also I, I know Luffy kind of has his head down as he's kind of like, you know, he's, it's kind of like, he, you know, he's moving his hat over his face uh, to cover his expression. It just comes off really flat, though, because you're looking at Luffy straight on. So it always looked well, real, really awkward to In me. comparison to Volume 40, which is a really awesome cover. Yeah, yeah kinetic. Volume. It's very kinetic, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I can see the thing about the uh it's feeling very flat, but I actually enjoy the fact Luffy's obscuring his face. Yeah. We don't know what's going on. Like he could be seething with rage or yeah. seething with emotion and, and tears. Yeah. And like, he's not really the major factor through most of this volume. And I feel, I, I just feel like Soga King also gets a little bit lost. There's so much red that, and Soga King, since we're mm. seeing him from the back. So we see mostly his cape. It gets a little lost. Uh, it's not a terrible cover. It's just, it's not one I'm a big fan of. Uh, so so let's get into the actual volume. Um, we start off with pocket snacks. Oh, yes, of course, because he needs to refuel. Yeah, he, he wishes he had bigger pockets. <laughs> Meat! Uh, and, and this is really setting up the most, probably one of the most iconic scenes in, in One Piece, mm-hmm. where people are assembling on the roof on one side and on the other side. Oh, I thought you were going to talk, uh, I thought you were, <laughs> you were talking about... 
uh, coup de boo when uh, <laughs> Sorry, Frankie makes well, his ass I mean, expand. It's 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 important to note that like Frankie is like you know you have to tell them that you want to like you want to live. You have to accept. That's that's the only way you can escape. You have to accept their their help. That's the only way you can you can live. Uh, right. Go ahead. But I, oh, and it, it, Frankie does his, and um, Spondum does his happy dance in the anime from the scene, which I love. <laughs> he's just like dancing in place. Maybe because you know I was. For some for some reason, I was very uh, I I downloaded like all these episodes way back in the day, so I was very familiar with these Ennis Lobby episodes, and I'm and I could still remember the anime well enough that man, they really they nailed some of these panels down where they got Oda's likeness into that anime. I don't think that's that's still a thing these days. Uh, there's so many. Uh, I feel like the anime now kind of. It's more a rush job, so they don't really try to nail Oda's uh, yeah. artwork a lot. And I'm just going through these, and I remember I remember the anime very well, and just how how much closer they were to Oda's style in some of those episodes. And I remember the episode when Frankie uses coup de boo. It's and the little things. It's the yeah, and I I remember them nailing the likeness down. Yeah, the coup de boo looked exactly the same. Um, it oh, really that, like from Frankie, like when he says like, "Hey, Sponda," you know that panel. I'm, I'm thinking of specifically, and even like uh, Spondum's expression. They it's they did they did a good job, but we're talking about the manga. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I love the like everyone gets up to the top of the of the courthouse and the Tower of Law, and uh, Zoro goes. He is like, "I, I have to go up, right? <laughs> Let's go up." <laughs> <laughs> and Sanji, Sanji, Sanji gets to the top. He thinks he's going to be the first one there. <laughs> he's he's, uh, he's actually second to last. Uh, so I, arrives I love last. Sanji's reaction to seeing Zoro. He's, he's so upset he can't even come up with an insult. He's just like, Moss! <laughs> In the anime, you actually see Sanji Vision, and he has uh, like a, a green moss afro. Yeah. And I like how Sniper King's entrance is somewhat off screen. I don't know. Do we see him actually land? I think we just see him after he no. lands. No, you we never see him land. Um, but you hear him land yeah. uh, as the CP9 looks at him. I also like someone pointed this out. Uh, someone tweeted the, you know, the OP read-through thing. Um, have a lot, the chapter prior to this ends with the CP9 assembling. And oh, yeah. this chapter ends. Maybe you pointed this out. I, for, I forget who pointed it out. No, um, I, I hadn't gotten there, but I, I agree. And this chapter ends with uh, the Straw Hats assembling on the roof. So it's this really cool uh, dynamic. And well, this spread is just so amazing and important. Mm-hmm. Uh, go what's ahead, interesting Brian. is that the uh, I always pegged the uh, CP9 as like the anti-Straw Hats. And I felt that way since that uh, decisive battle of Venice Lobby cover. Because you almost pair off each Straw Hat one for one like, Spot um, Soga King or Sniper King, Luffy, Rob Lucci, Bluno, Robin. It kind of like works out where like you can compare characters like, oh, that person would be like the anti version of that person. At the same time, some are just like deviations. I, I like completely like I there's no one who compares to um, Fukuro or Fukuro, maybe Chopper. I don't know. But mm-hmm. just because of the voice and sometimes the size. Yeah. Uh, but and but also, Robin, also I, lo- I love how Robin is like declaring, "I didn't ask you to save me. I, I still, I still want to die." And Luffy's like, like, and he's like picking his nose, like, "You can die, but only after we save you." Like, come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I decide when you die. You don't decide. Yeah. When you die. <laughs> so you have to, you have to say it to their faces, Robin. You have to say it, say it. Um, say it. I also like how we get a couple. Say it. Say it. 
No. <laughs> if you're gonna, I, I'm just like, I'm. Zach now just made me think that Luffy talks like Bane from Dark Knight Rises. Nope, no, no, no like, Bane voice on this. I'm just saying, like, it's like, first you must rejoin the crew, and then you have my permission to die. <laughs> I'll just say it like that. And I, I kind of chuckled when I heard Zach say that. Uh, the lead up to the to the flashback here, which is which has some little foreshadows, uh, is very, uh, it's pretty gut wrenching. Kind of just expand him. You know, t- declaring what he's going to do, what he can do, and well, he's trigger happy. Yeah, he just thinks like, "Oh, hey, don't make me push the button." Robin's pretty. I could just push the button at any time. Robin says, "Oh, you, you only talk about islands. You know, you always talk about, oh, we we blew up this island or this island's gone. Like, can you like do maps? Talk about people. Do do your maps of all these islands or all these countries to show the people that you killed." Just showing that how just heinous they are, how they don't consider human life at all. Yeah, and I do, I did, I do kind of appreciate the fact that Spondom is really reveling in their emotional pain. But at one point, Jobber's like, "We could kill her right now," like the Scott Evil of CP9. <laughs> <laughs> but nope, Spondom has to revel in the pain. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> I don't know how we make so many Austin Powers references. Anyway, uh, I think it's time to talk about this flashback. Um, do you want to go through it, like, you know, bit by bit, or do you want to just talk about the flashback? It's, I, I we probably should do bit by bit. A lot happens. No, let's yeah. talk about it all in one sentence. Well, we could. Um, so we start out with, uh, the what is it cinderella story that is robin's childhood yeah uh as the stepchild well not really but as no, the, i mean she's a genius she's a, she's a genius eight-year-old doctor but also she is looking desperately at other children who have parents and they're like oh what are we having for dinner tonight oh we're, we'll make whatever you like hey robin you can have a slice of bread but don't don't eat too much jam love your aunt you could have the hot dogs thawing in the in the sink. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, I do. I love th- this little bit of knowledge that I had overlooked previously. The tree of knowledge is five thousand years old. Jeez, you are. Yeah, that's like the first point on the timeline is that the tree of knowledge is five thousand years old. That's like the first point in the One Piece timeline. Yeah, the tree itself is that old. We don't know when the island of Ohara set up, or like the people. It's, I think, the oldest thing we've seen, like, with dated to this point, because most things are within the last millennia. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about the last millennia, uh, the void century and stuff. But uh, most things seem mm-hmm. to happen within that period, so it's, it's kind of crazy thinking yeah. uh, 3,000 years. It's it's so infuriating when you read, like, uh, like at the very beginning of the yes. flashback, like when the kids yeah. are throwing rocks at her, it's like... You, like, cause she has powers, but every, like the the mother's like, stay away from my kids, freak. <laughs> That's just like the most infuriating. I, thing. I mean, You're supposed to discipline your children for throwing rocks at people. You fuck. Well, let's talk. Let's get away from that and go to the temporarily more happy stuff. Um, sorry, I'm very inside out related uh, right now. But uh, yeah, what, what do you think of the archaeologists here? The introduction. <laughs> They're a they're a a ray of light on a dark day for Robin, basically. That's like it's all it's what she clings to because that's that's what her mother was. You know, you have to you have to like find the one thing that makes you happy when you're in a bad situation. Professor Clover is such a one piece design. 
<laughs> I, I also love that character. I know we're going to be talking about a particular pet peeve I have with the series soon. Um, <laughs> but I really do love Professor Clover. I love the design. And with the, what is it, the lion on the back? Um, that kind of yeah. looks like the Thousand Sunny Lion a little, if I recall. Um, I'm just trying to find a picture with that ridiculous looking yeah, lion. Yeah, trying on to it. find that too. Um, and just the hair that actually looks like a clover. And with the all great plus his personality i you know echoes everything i believe about uh about knowledge and and the importance of books and literature and history um which are all very important things to me as well um and the need to preserve the past and and just every i i love everything about professor clover despite what may happen later uh and it it, it makes it all the more heartbreaking as 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 things continue. Um, yeah. So she's forbidden to join in their, uh, their secret underground basement. Their Satanist cult. I'm sorry. Their Poneglyph research. Poneglyph research. So she runs away and finds a giant on the beach. Uh, (laughs) As you do. We also get the reveal that her mother, Nico Olvia is out there, uh, probably dead or captured. Uh, although Mm -hmm. we find out more about that a little later. I like how Saul tries to scare her when he first when he first meets her. He's like, "Oh yeah, ah, oh. She just sort of stares at him. I'm yeah, a she's scary a, monster. Somehow she's not scared. That you know, completely a, fits the Robin that we know today, too. Yeah. It's right. You know, there are, are six like traditional giants that I can think of in the series. Uh, it's actually one of the more interesting trivia questions that I thought of when I was reading through this. Uh, we have the four Elbaf giants, and uh, the other two giants have something in common. They're both vice admirals in the Marines. They're not. But they're oh, not John Elbaf. Giant, you mean? Yeah, John Giant yeah. and Jaguar D. Saul are both non-Elbaf. No, they don't look like Elbaf giants, at least. John Giant might be from Elbaf. I don't think he is. I doubt it. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, they're both Marine vice admirals. I forgot. I forget about John Giant, even though he was, like, the first... John Giant is in these volumes, Zach. He's very easy to forget. (laughs) We just knew his name was John Giant. We didn't know he was an actual giant until a little later. We didn't know he represented his species. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I guess he's the first giant we see, too. Um, And Saul's laugh. I love Saul. And I want to mention this arc and... I think this arc in particular and the Davy back fights, and I I talked a little bit about it when we were talking about that last week, are I I have the English dub voices in my head more than any other part of the series, uh, which is a good thing, I think. Uh, Saul in particular. Going back to the read through, I'll have to add, I've been hearing mostly Funimation dub voices. uh, Right, yeah. Um, Saul, I I think in particular, has a a very good voice in the Funimation dub. Yes. it, It strikes a chord. Um, well, they're they're in Texas, so you, you got to run with it when you get a character with a cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah. uh, Except for Robin. Except for Robin. No, they they did that in New York, Ed. <laughs> and look what happened. Uh, good point. Yeah, Robin runs with the cowboy hat too. Later. Maybe it's a maybe it's a ode to Saul. I am hoping that's the case. Well, Saul strikes me kind of like, and it's not like a, and it wasn't even like a giddy up partner, but like has a little bit of that southern drawl, which you could see kind of. Like Saul looks like that kind of guy. He looks like a prospector. <laughs> well, in in this little outfit that he's wearing, yeah, um, whatever you may call it. Uh, he, I mean, he looks like he would have a drawl. I wouldn't say he he doesn't look like a like a pumpkin. Uh, I mean, maybe a little in with the hat and the shirt. Well, but 
he, he, not he's when he's ca- in his marine. Not when he's in his marine. He's a castaway. Right. That's the only reason why he looks. Uh, yeah, yeah. A little rough. Yeah. I, I, but he definitely looks like he. He's a clearly very intelligent guy. Um, he is a D, which is very interesting. Yeah. Um, it's the first giant we've seen with that middle initial, and also the first um, marine officer that we know of with a D. Uh, yeah, I mean, we find out later in this read-through, obviously, that there's another. Um, but this is the first one we find out that was a Marine officer, although he is a deserted Marine officer. Uh, but he tells Robin to, to laugh to hide the pain that you feel, and uh, that's like that's like her life right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It gets heartbreaking. It's nice. It's, it's, uh, it's very cute. <laughs> it's 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 just Saul's bad luck that he landed on the island that like the worst island for him to land on. It's just what what shitty luck. Yeah, we're also introduced to Spandine and the CP9 from twenty years earlier. I actually love Spandine. Like it's, as far as design and kind of like a cool officer goes, I think he's much cooler than his son. Oh well, that's not a very hard thing to do. <laughs> no, it isn't. But still, he's I, very. He's yeah. very uh, Yakuza looking. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of like it adds to the th- reasons to hate Spandam because he also mooched off of his father, uh, it seems. <laughs> well, no. His father's like, if I die, my son takes my place. Ah! <laughs> uh, is, it, is it okay to mention, I don't know his name, but the, uh, the man to Spandine's left on the right of the panel wearing the gloves and the glasses and yeah. the uh, facial hair. Do you know who he is? Nobody. It's a cool design. No. Uh, oh, you know. I don't know his name. That's Califa's father. What? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It, it got, that got answered. Was a that long in an SBS? Yeah. I think it was an SBS. Is the SBS in one of the data books? Yeah. Uh, either book or. It could be. No, I did not know that. Yeah. That's. Uh, I don't know who the guy in the cowboy hat and the shades is. Uh, he kind of just looks like some sort of. Uh, I don't know, Stevie Ray Vaughan looking guy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he, he, hasn't, he hasn't pooped his pants yet. <laughs> that's Stevie um, Rayvon, I forget. That, that's a really cool piece of trivia. I, re- I was going to mention that I really like his design, and I definitely see the resemblance now that you mention it. I mean, there's some. Um, they wear the same kind of glasses, too. Which means that Khalifa and Spadam uh, are CP9 legacy. It, I mean, they also kind of have the same facial expressions, like the, I'm pissed at you, and you know why. Sexual harassment. Yeah, uh, maybe they grew up together. God, that'd be weird. That would be weird. <laughs> I mean, I assume Khalifa is significantly younger. I'm sure the dates of their birthdays are out there. I just do uh, not feel right. like looking that up. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You're right. Um. Anyway, we we get like kind of the juxtaposition of uh, Clover realizing the shit that's going down. Robin laughing with Saul. Neither of them, both of them oblivious and Spandine mm-hmm. approaching. But also uh, the mother shows up on the island. And then the mother uh, shows Oliva. up on there. Oh, and uh, just an interesting thing to note that the uncle is Olvia's younger brother. So we don't know anything about Robin's father's family. No. But they specifically mention the father and we get a silhouette of her with her two parents i think no it's just her mother we never see the dad no i think there's there's a silhouette and it's a little later on i think it's toward the end of the arc with her holding two people's hands unless that was just the idea of having parents but i i it might be they mention the father and when she heads out on the boat which we see in her little mini flashback like when she leaves robin alone she's they mention that 
you know, it was her husband. They mentioned something about her husband. Yeah, he was an archaeologist, too, and he went out before. Will uh, fulfill uh, your your husband's wishes, which makes me think he's either dead or very far away. Uh, people have mentioned uh, a possibility that it's the person that we later find out to be Luffy's father. Um which is in this episode, which is why I'm finally okay. Saying which would it. be weird. That would I don't believe that because I <laughs> no, don't think I don't, they I have so siblings either. that doesn't yeah. or regular siblings. But uh, that's like the that's like the the yin to the yang of my old theory that Roger, Roger. was Robin's father. Yeah, um, it always made sense to me because he knew how to, or at least he understood the pontoglyphs. So. I yeah, I I still think. I mean, obviously that theory is not true, but I, I would uh, it, there are parts of it that make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, but even younger Robin is even more heartbreakingly cute, and her head is the size of her entire body. Um, and one thing I can say for the Japanese uh, cast is that they have they actually cast a very young girl as uh, as young Robin, and it just oh yeah yeah that, that it makes it like so much more like and that girl is really good. Like I can't even. Heart wrenching. Yeah, it really is. There's a uh, reason I cry at this flashback just profusely. Yeah, um, not the most I cried for this read through. No, actually, I no, don't. it's not even. It's, it isn't. But that yeah. little girl when she does the derishishishi laugh, it is, <laughs> it is instant unsettling. Not like uncomfortable, but I start to get upset just hearing that voice actress do that. Even like thinking about that, just d- d- like. Gives me a lump in my throat. Yeah. Uh, so that I mean we you see that like the the books are what saved Robin, even when she was abandoned by her mother. It's the world's greatest library. It's under attack now. Uh, and then we have that scene where Robin and Olvia run by each other. Mm, oh, yeah. also heartbreaking. Yeah, this just all makes her heart. Oh, and then so. we get uh, young Vice Admiral Kuzan, who is woken up in the on on his boat. Kuzi. I love Kuzi. I'm, I'm a big Kuzi fan. Oh, and it's interesting to me that Spondine wants a promotion. Promotion to what? <laughs> well, we'll uh, we could talk later. about that. We could talk about that in the reverie segment. Uh, someone want to ask you guys. I don't know if Kuzan's like personality changed over the years, or maybe he's just annoyed because someone woke him up from his uh, lazy he seems nap. Like a bigger asshole. Like, now, no, he yeah. seems. He always seems more agitated. He seems way more like. You mean the past? Yeah, in the past, yeah. he's always just like what is like. It's like, what? Spit it out already. He's always yelling at his subordinates. And then the Kuzan we got to know in Davy Backfight, he's all, yo, what's going on? He's learned to relax. Yeah, that's something you got to learn. Um, I want to mention something before we go to the next chapter, and that's this color spread at 394, which I think we've mentioned. That's exactly what I was about to bring up. We brought up that this is one of our favorites, I think. Um, Yes. And what an appropriate time for this one, too. I didn't realize where in the story it was. Uh, but that Robin is so front and center here with with her future crew. Um, it's and looking I, at ruins potentially. I I can't remember the last time I talked to this. I think when we did top five color spreads, but a little while. There's so yeah years ago. Uh, so many great things about this color spread, but pretty much the most impressive thing is the uh, the use of light mm-hmm. uh, through the uh, canopy of the trees. It is. Phenomenal. Another color spread I'd want to have as a poster. Yeah, this one I would love to just hang up a giant size version with frame it, look like a crazy person. Um, <laughs> or an anime fan. <laughs> what? What? No. The thing is, 
some of these color spreads, like, my parents don't know anything about it. They'll say, what's that? It's like, you know, I, it's really beautiful looking. I'm like, you know, that's what I podcast about. Um, I don't bother explaining to my parents. Like, if my dad's like, oh, what are you watching? I'm like, a thing. <laughs> you're you're, you're going to forget the name of it in five seconds. I'm not going to tell yeah, you. Yeah, that's, that's what I... That's how I feel. Uh, anyway, uh, we find out that Robin uh, goes to try and see if her mother's there. They have to lie because they don't want that connection because that'll make her Robin into a criminal as well, um, mm. which is one of the continuingly heart-wrenching parts of this uh, little flashback here. Um, and I, I like how we get kind of differences in the townspeople. Some townspeople are douche nozzles. Some people aren't. You know, They'll defend the archaeologists because they're the pride of the island. Later on, when Robin's trying to get to the evacuation ship, some are like, let her on. Others are like, no freaking way. She's she's a monster, whatever it is. Um, something to note, since we've talked a lot about that in this read-through, the mm-hmm. townspeople. Um, and so Spandine confronts Olvia, if there's anything you want to talk about. It's more like Olvia confronts Spandine. Spandine yeah. Because she shoots at him. I, I love how he overreacts. <laughs> Ooh, I've been shot. Yeah, see, sir, it just went through your jacket. <laughs> I imagine him making noises similar to, you know that old viral video of the lady who's uh, crushing grapes for wine oh, and falls face. off the platform? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> just, I just imagine him making that noise. Yeah. Anyway, continue. And uh, Saul notices just how bad the situation is as he sees uh, the warships. I think uh, we better call Saul. <laughs> Damn it! No, you used that joke too early. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll 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 use it later. Okay, but you already used it. You can't use it again. Uh, well, a better a, a better time is when the Buster call is activated. Well, that's now you a, definitely can't use it. That, that, that's a better time to call Saul. <laughs> anyway, all the archaeologists and Robin are uh, are corralled into the center of uh, near the tree. And mm-hmm. oh yeah, and that's when he that's when Spondine says he wants his son to have his job when he gets shot in the jacket. Yeah. <laughs> um. Sorry, I find no, that yeah. very funny for whatever reason. So, yeah. I just like O'Hara's gonna be made an example of that's what you get for researching the void in history. Mm. There they they came out they only came out to do like a, a perfunctory search. They're not it's like yeah, well we had to come at least tr- pretend we're not pirates. Jeez. Jeez, God. How dare you? Uh, and they throw uh, after. Did they shoot her again? I, no, they just threw her bloodied uh, self, uh, Olvia's bloodied uh, body onto the yeah, you, onto the ground. They, they beat her up a little. Yeah, that's what it looks like. There's just blood flying around, so it looks like they shot her a little. But they just they just thudded her down, fought her down onto the ground. Well. Um, and uh, it, it's. Kind of crazy here because Robin's like, why would they do that to to a woman there? Oh, that uh, poor lady. <laughs> uh, and also heartbreaking is the Olvia. This is oh, I can't. Yeah, this this scene's the, the scenes coming up with her and Robin are by far the ones. I yes, got. but uh, but but first, uh, Clover has a hypothesis for the elders. Well, he, thank you. Uh, He says, I want to talk to the five elders because I've come up with this this uh, idea, this hypothesis about the void century. And and, and right before that, uh, Spondine has this amazing evil face like he has Doflamingo veins in his face and they shadow his face like, oh, so evil. Now, I discussed this in super depth uh, in the article that when you're listening to it it might be out i'm not sure uh it'll be out for the next few days or weeks um but uh 
the five elders uh, are speaking to Spandine. Meanwhile, uh, a bunch of the uh, Cypher Pole agents, the government agents, notice the poneglyph in the basement and confirm what's going on. Saul runs in, uh, causing mass havoc to a mass havoc situation. Um, and the and the conversation here begins between the five elders and Clover. Um, I don't want to go into excruciating detail again, because I, I want to talk a little bit more about this in the Reverie segment, but we have a, kind of a debate as to the importance of it. The five elders saying, look, I know you want to build some ancient weapons. Uh, don't do it. I mean, obviously we learned that this is not why they are afraid of the ancient, of this, uh, of this void century. Um, but Clover says, look, it's our duty to find the past. We can't cover up any of the past it needs to be it needs to be exposed i was surprised by how reasonable the elders sounded actually they are they they sound really disappointed in clover that they don't want to have to do this but clover as clover says you know knowledge can't be a crime and why do the poneglyphs even exist in the first place who are the enemies of the poneglyphs yeah it's like you know too much man i actually really like that too ed and what the thing i enjoy about um villains and storytelling in general is like no one really ever thinks of themselves as the bad guy. No, they, everyone... they're probably... I mean, we don't know if this ancient kingdom was a good kingdom or a bad kingdom. Uh, it seems from the evidence we have that the current world government is probably not that good. Because uh, no. they but, do a lot of shitty shit. The, but they clearly see themselves as the stewards of the world. Like, they do things for a purpose of maintaining an order or a balance. I mean... I think we could probably point to our current intelligence agencies and, and say they do things that are questionable, but they believe are are you know are exactly in, for are patriotic. I think is probably the, the yes, way to put that. and which can be used for ill. Yes, um, yeah. and all governments do, uh, and they do it on behalf of you know justice or what they believe is preserving you know the greater yeah, just, justice nationalism you know protecting your civilians at the cost of maybe other civilians and it's uh it's a very murky very very dark gray area uh, to, mm-hmm. to to step into um so they call in the buster call and they start they burn the library you know they're burning books they as... burn the th- 3000 year old tree which breaks my heart almost as much as 5000 5,000. Even which, worse. Which, I know. Why would you say that? Which breaks my heart almost as much as uh, the Robin stuff. Um, I'm a tree hugger, okay? I'm sorry. Um, and, we, yeah, we find out about this ancient kingdom. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the Reverie sig- uh, section. And just when he's about to say the name, Blamo. Uh, Blam, not Blamo. I'm sorry. <laughs> from Blamo. From Blamo Toys. <laughs> I'm going to write that in myself here. <laughs> um, <A> Sharpie. <laughs> Thank you, Ed. Uh, and everyone's distraught. Clover has been shot, but very clearly not killed. <laughs> I, I, I like that rhyme. Yeah, that was a good one. That uh, was an accident. <laughs> I don't even remember what I just said. Of course it was. You're white. <laughs> good point. <laughs> I'm white, too. I can't even accidentally rap. <laughs> I can't dance. <laughs> me neither um anyway I so i won't say anything <laughs> <laughs> thank you uh <laughs> so we see a distraught five elder guy there too which is which is very interesting uh that they're they kind didn't of, want to do it they didn't no want to... <laughs> uh but they realize uh he's he's in way over his head this is it 
we gotta we gotta do this now and i love how dramatically uh spandine does the buster call he whips it around now then with the golden transponder a- snail entrusted to me by admiral sengoku i shall now trigger the buster call it's interesting that it was Ad- admiral sengoku yeah i mean it makes sense well, he was an admiral then that, well, yeah that- but uh you know why not another admiral? Um, I mean, it, it makes sense. We see Sengoku a little later uh, mm-hmm. when the, this mission is is quote unquote completed. Um, yeah, but we're we're kind of delaying getting to the important stuff. Here, I'm so. sorry, uh, and that is the 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 Buster Call itself. No, the uh, end of this chapter. Do uh, I have to go to the end of this chapter? <laughs> yes. Well, is that are you are you my mother? Zach? Oh, oh my no, God. I'm not your mother, Heart. but still. Instant waterworks yeah. for me. That is, yeah. oh, this scene always gets me. <sighs> I can't even. One day I want to so hold hard. hands and walk together. No, you're actually going to make me cry. <laughs> she studied really mom. hard. She became an archaeologist. For, just for you. Look I'm, at that freaking crying. All of this, yeah, all of this face, just like the denial. She has to pretend that she doesn't want to run into her daughter's arms. Mm-hmm. Oh, killer! Oh yeah, that's Robin. Even as a child, Ed, you sound she... like you're taking glee in this. <laughs> no, I'm not. I just, I mean, I do really enjoy it, but it's because it's emotional. Yeah, it's very emotional. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. This scene, even when I first read this, hit me in a way I did not expect to hit yeah, me. Because like, because you know, we know the fate of the island already. It's already been been hinted at. But just that moment, you just you feel the weight of the consequences of this loss. And we know, and we know that her mother probably does not make it either, because I think we would have, at this point, heard about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, potentially. Um, and Clover's still alive, and not saying the name of the ancient kingdom. Uh, okay, Zach, there's no reason why he has to say it. <laughs> just to the audience, just face over no, and say, no, I've, I've, I have the name I've, of the ancient I've kingdom, made fun folks. Of Zach before. It's like, all right, all right, everyone, we're about to be burned alive. Did everyone get the name? Of, does anyone need to know the name of the kingdom before we all burn? <laughs> alive <laughs> to death. Um, yeah! uh, uh, just want to confirm it's Habla. No, 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 no. That's the country where they have candy cane trees. <laughs> Habla Habla is the the uh, forgotten. No, no, it's Bork Bork. He's not gonna say it anyway. Let's get back you get to more the... bullets. It's <laughs> He's not Michael Myers. He's not going to keep standing back maybe, up. Maybe the bullet shot. they they shot him with is the can't say the name of the kingdom bullet. <laughs> it sounds like an Usopp disease. Yeah. I just want to go just to go back to Robin a little bit. Why? Because I just thought it was impressive that she, even as a small child, gave up everything by like blurting out that all this she's an archaeologist she studied the poneglyph and like that's she just to be with her mother she just give up like this that's the that's the card that she has to force olvia to recognize her at this point i didn't think that robin really understood the ramifications of this that's why she was just saying all this to get her mother to recognize her her. she just wants to see her freaking mom again yeah she just didn't care anymore Uh, but they were trying to make her escape and be safe because people didn't know that she was an archaeologist so she's like well if i I guess if i say that then they i can't i can't be i can't run away for shonen jumps uh chapter 700 celebration which is now two something two and a half years ago uh they wanted you know favorite panels from the series 
and and this page leading up to uh, Olvia's saying, you know, we can't give up on the future of this world. You have to live on and be that future was was my pick for all of One Piece up to that point, which was 70 volumes. And I stick by that. I think this is just so important. Not, I mean, I think it's such a great character moment for Robin and shows just how important she is. I mean, she's the, in high, she's, she carries the weight of not just her island, but the, the, the ancient history that we know nothing about and, and all history that O'Hara had uncovered. Um, but and herself and it's it's important for not just her it's important for the series it's just such such a great moment it just has always stuck out to me this this part and it's also just makes me weep uncontrollably <laughs> uh especially when uh Saul carries Robin away there mm. while that yeah. all happens even Clover has to cry a little bit yeah it's actually uh we go back and we see Saul and Olvia like when they meet uh on the on the sea at um it, yeah. She makes she makes him start asking the wrong questions about the world government, basically, and like, is the law the thing that is wrong? I love which this I, mini which flashback, yeah, which is yeah. which always contrasted to me with the line from uh, Star Wars. Well, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. <laughs> There's a way to write that line and not sound like a dumbass. Yep, and uh, Oda did it. You hear that? You hear that, Jorge? <laughs> <laughs> um, I I love this little mini flashback. Also, just seeing Saul the giant on on commanding his ship um it's all it's all great how does he fit on that ship <laughs> i don't know it's a yeah. very good question also there again is kuzi yelling for no reason mm-hmm. um and we also get a little look at senkoku's afro for the first time i think pone goat's there and pone, of course pone, pone goat is immortal obviously yeah. uh, I, I love the fact that they, they it already decided on a buster call before they sent anyone there they they knew what they were gonna do yeah this this is gonna happen no matter what, uh, and the Sengo the the conversation between Sengoku it's short, but between Saul and Sengoku is, is very uh, crucial to kind of understanding the differences of opinion. Sengoku is not the most hardline marine we see in the series either. Ooh. By far, we're, we're about to see one in a couple of seconds here. Uh, but yeah, Sengoku is just kind of like I got to do this job. Yeah, it's like. Cu- don't make this difficult for me, Saul. I, I, that's what I got to do. I got to do what I got to do here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and Robin must be the one to tell of O'Hara's stand against the world government. So she has to live on. Live and on, Robin. Saul lifting up the battleship is just such a crazy <laughs> spread, like a culmination here of, of everything, of like the emotion into this just cool, crazy moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you realize now that uh, what Robin is, you know, allegedly getting her bounty for is what Saul did, because they covered up what Saul did, and they said that Robin did it, destroying all those ships. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I, I, I never, I never really cool. put the yeah. two and two together never until either. I read it again. Oh really? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I hadn't really thought about it. I, I thought they just said that she destroyed a bunch of ships. Yeah, I forgot. but it's like, oh, but she's getting blamed for what Saul did. Well, it's funny about that. Like when we initially found that out in Alabasta, I always assumed that eight-year-old. At eight years old, Robin was a badass. And now I find out, oh, well, she is, but not for that reason. Yeah. The, the extent of the, uh, the Navy and uh, world government cover-ups become more important later on in the series. So, uh, Also interesting little trivia note is that we see Bragman again, which was the one from uh, Little Garden, right? We, we had an SBS question about it come up here. Uh, but it, it's cool to see that being thrown into the water along with all the other books um mm. 
I think he mentioned, I think Oda mentions in an SBS a little bit about what it's about. Uh, so check that out. It's, it's in one of these volumes. I think it's in 44. Um, go, go ahead though, Ed, if there's more you want to talk about. So I, you know, no one notices I'm weeping. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, uh, man, that's, uh, we, yeah, it, it's just, you see how justice looks different from different points of view. So, uh, when Kuzan confronts Saul, He's talking about that he won't make fun of his position, but he's still going to have to kill him for interfering. Like, look, you were fine doing what you were doing before. I, I didn't really care. You you left, whatever. I, I assumed you had your reasons. But now you're you're interrupting. I, I have to do a job, and you're preventing yeah. me from doing it. Real quick, the panel where the two-page spread of Saul picking up the Marine battleship and holding <laughs> over the head, fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, better call Saul, right? Yeah, better call Saul. Oh my god. <laughs> um and anyway, the the Sakazuki scene uh to kind of contrast, um get a real first taste of this guy. You blew up the evacuation ship. I, that's really all you got to know. He he'll do anything for justice. I think mm-hmm. he basically says that. Um what's very strange about Sakazuki's introduction here, I and there was a time I forgot he was even introduced in this flashback. It's very odd for Oda to say that later he'd become Admiral Akainu. Uh, I, I'm curious as to why he did that instead of just waiting to just you know later show Akainu and say, "Oh, formerly Vice Admiral Sakazuki." Um, it's a good. It's a good question. I, I think, think he, yeah. I think it's meant to show the contrast between the uh, Akainu and uh, Aokiji. Red versus blue is an easy yeah. way to sum it up. Yeah, I mean, these two, not to go too far into it, I mean, clearly have a difference of opinion. <laughs> Do you think they clash is... on ideals? Yeah, think... I, also, yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll talk bit. about that more in the this is, referee. But, you know, we we thought this flashback was getting dark. Uh, Sakazuki kills an entire ship of innocent civilians yeah so robin would have died if she got on that ship like like saul had so so the fact that the evacuees were being dicks to her actually saved her life yep yep uh and also i I noticed that spondine is actually very afraid of kuzan he calls him mr kuzan which is very formal like kuzan-san well it's his boss i think Uh, it's kind of weird he seems intimidated by him very much well even Uh, as we saw like with a uh, spot on getting the buster call. I think the Admirals kind of outrank CP9. Or at the very least, are physically much stronger. <laughs> yeah. So there's a reason to be a little uh, clamped. Uh, get uh, Saul's final speech to Robin. You know, no, somebody you'll find friends, Robin. Nobody is born and be completely alone in this world. You, have, you can find friends who will protect you. And <laughs> he slowly gets frozen. Jeez. Uh, uh, so much emotion. And we we come back after, you know, the Olvia's dying words saying I have no words. Um She's got a few regrets though. Yeah. But and and then all the archaeologists went into the tree to try to save the books are about to be burned alive and crushed. But yeah. not the books. Just they're them. in the lake. Well, they got as many books as they could. They couldn't save all the books. And what what uh, Clover thinks? So this is history. This is the history that man has chosen. Man is so callow. I mean, there's just like a a real devastating moment for humanity in the One Piece world. Um, and Robin heads toward the shore, and there sitting sitting there is good good old Kuzan who just killed uh, Saul. 
saying, look, I, I'll protect the seed that Saul protected and see what it grows up, grows up to. But don't, don't get involved in anything. Just stay under the radar if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, but she says, look, my mother is here. And he explains, look, you could die a painful death here or you could go and save yourself. And so she goes, yeah. With the Dereshi? The saddest scene ever. It's Mm -hmm. just in the anime, especially. Um, That little girl, yeah. The actress. I can't even. This page just makes Steve said before, yeah. And uh, we see, then we see her little montage of her uh, growing up in the next chapter and all the people who betrayed her. And uh, I I was uh, a little surprised to see again that uh, she actually worked for Crocodile for 12 years. Like she was 16 when she joined up with him. So yeah. she worked with him for a long time. But what's also interesting about uh, uh, Kuzan's like last words to her, like this whole time, Robin wouldn't accept the fact that she couldn't be with the people she wanted to be. Like she wanted to be with the archaeologist. She wanted to be with her mother. She wanted to be with Saul. And these people kept telling her to go, Robin, save yourself, save yourself. But not until Kuzan made that stark choice did Robin decide to know it. I have to leave people in order to save them or protect myself. And that's something she's been doing all the way up until right this very moment. When she has to let someone else do it for her. Right. Um, And I I like how obvious it was that Kuzan was the one who prevented the Navy from doing anything. It's like, for some reason, my rudder was frozen. What could it have been? Uh, (laughs) <laughs> who, who could possibly have frozen my rudder? Yeah, um, and he wouldn't have gotten away for, with it too if they didn't catch that picture of Robin. <laughs> yeah, um, it's just heartbreaking. The grandma snitching on her. The couple. Grandma, of, grandma with the creepy face. Creepy uh, grandma. <sighs> it was even worse in the anime. <laughs> better than dead grandma. Um, mm. And just. Uh, all of this is just... I feel bad for the one couple who... Eat, they seem like decent enough people. I'm like, oh, she's a good girl, but if we hold on, if we keep housing her, we'll be in danger. And, but look at this bounty. <laughs> like, oh, man. Yeah, when you turn the page. Look at that guy's chin. <laughs> good Lord. Maybe that's yeah. Jay Leno in a different life. Um, <laughs> but look at this bounty. Look at this bounty. You see this bounty? see <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so we're back up to the top of the. Uh, Wait, before there's a sorry, there's a couple things. She finds a poneglyph in this in this time, which is interesting. Uh, I really like that the last thing is crocodile. Not only because chronologically that makes sense, but she's he's also after the exact same thing that Spandam's after, and that's the pluton. And it's really interesting just to see those stories come together a little bit there. Um, anyway, we go back and and yes, Ed, please continue. So yeah. Uh, he he's gonna he's gotta make her he's gonna make her say it he's gonna make her say that she wants to live and you know she, she keeps trying to argue I'll be too much of a burden you'll betray me you'll cast me aside and Spondo is just loving it he's just reveling in it uh, but so he Luffy to make her say it he makes Sniper King shoot down the flag and yeah that's that's a declaration of war right there that's that's the title of this volume. It's uh, it's again one of the most iconic moments in the series. Yeah, which mm-hmm. means so much right now and what's going on in current politics. Also true. The One yeah. Piece politics, not not American. <laughs> politics. Well, sometimes American politics too. Oh no, yeah, also Oda, American politics actually. Oda, Oda's hit the shit, but yeah, I'm just being topical. Uh, oh wait, now I now I yeah, it, it took me a minute there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so we and, and Luffy makes his pledge, you know, to bring it on and then saying, say you want to live. And, and I love the panel designs here. They're chaotic and all over the place. I don't know if you noticed. No, yeah, that's a good call. Um, and Lots until and yeah, just like it's, it's supposed to it, kind of be chaotic it, and hard to follow. Yeah, I feel it, like. it makes it makes that seem very frantic. Yeah, like you, you're feeling all these emotions and you're processing all these different things simultaneously. The anime did a great job at at covering that too. I think they had the very shaky camera kind of thing, and and then it's the iconic moment. I want to live. Finally, admitting to take you know take me with you, um, and Frankie, of course, sobbing. <laughs> um, but I mean, he's doing it with the audience here. Um, cause if, if the flashback for some reason didn't get you this, this, this will, and, uh, Luffy says, let's go. And then, uh, 50 episodes but later Frankie in cries. the anime, Frankie is so crying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we then head to the confrontation as the, as the drawbridge is lowered. Yeah. Uh, and Frankie, uh, after hearing, uh, well, somehow telepathically hearing this entire story. Uh, oh, does, you get to see that Baskerville is actually three different people. <laughs> yeah, I don't we're, like the Baskervilles. And why were they doing that? Just because. We're best friends. They're best friends. They're yeah. best friends. Uh, and Frankie takes out the plans for the Pluton, the ancient military weapon that he had inside of himself the entire time, apparently. And... Uh, after showing it to them, Luchi and Kaku are a little bit taken aback there. Um, and he explains that, look, the reason I have kept this is to have a counterweapon uh, for Robin, who he thought was the the big issue here. He thought it would be the one to kind of take the world down. But now he realizes that Spandam is the kind of person he has to watch out for. So in order to save the world, he blows it up. He sets it on fire, um, which is... Another very important moment here. Well, he's betting it all on the Straw Hat Pirates, much like characters in the future would do. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> always, always good to bet on the winning team. Yep. Um, it's as the if under, he, the underdog. We don't know if they're going to win yet. Uh, we know the readers, but yeah. Um, and, I love that he does it with his uh, his his fresh fire, his fire breath. <laughs> and so the Frankie family and the. Rocket Man uh, all approach, and as the Rocket Man chugs along, Luffy jumps off, and they head toward Ennius Lobby in Volume Forty Two, which is uh, the first dual cover we get since uh, Ennius, uh, since uh, sorry, Alabasta. Um, oh, and we also get to see when Frankie finds out that the Frankie family has come to to rescue him. and cries again. Yes, <laughs> yes he, he cries. Just, he cries a lot. Yeah, he does like the, the crying voice. <laughs> Do jump about rescue. You kind of feel bad because, yeah, Frankie's like, oh, wow, it's so nice that your crew uh, came to save you. Uh, you know, I can't say the same about my family. And they're like, no, we're right here, bro. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we, we go over the waterfall and uh, everyone's fine. Uh, and we had to, and we Well, the, a couple started. of them had, had bloody noses. Well, I mean... <laughs> Uh, they're they're crazy. Anyway, uh, Fukuro Exposition explains everything. Oh my god, that's what I wrote. Really? <laughs> it says Fukuro Exposition. And I also, think we've been doing this podcast too long together. Also, Fukuro's Game of Keys. Ah, fuck. Yeah, I, that's all you really need to know there. Uh, the game... <laughs> 
how do you want to go through this game of keys? I, I want to go by fight by fight, which means just because otherwise we're going to be here forever. We're already going to be here forever, but yeah, I'd like to <laughs> we're lower that this. forever. Um, that's not good. So that's the, the rest of this is kind of easy to explain, though. We, we're through the we're through some yeah. of the densest parts here. Well, until every, the last volume. Every fight volume. is awesome. Some more awesome than others. All right. So why don't we go fight by fight? Uh, a lot of the fights get confused. I mean, for example, it's first uh, Sniper King versus Jabra, but that obviously turns into uh, a lot of other different little fights. But um, well, first, I think we get like uh, uh, Nami versus Kumidori uh, when yeah, she's like she's she manages to sneak away and. Like, like seal is key, uh, but Chopper sort of uh, inter- interferes. And uh, we get, I mean, the Zoro Kaku fight starts first and ends last, I think. Mm-hmm. Do yeah, you want to just Zoro talk knew, about, do you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty. Let's just talk about that. That's kind of like the most consistently one versus one fight. I mean, it's like some kind of zoo here. <laughs> <laughs> that reveal of Kaku's devil fruit being the giraffe fruit is fucking priceless. Everyone. Yeah. A lot of people thought it was going to be like a monkey, like a flying monkey. Yeah, because it was a banana devil. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Even better, though, it was a giraffe. Oh, man. The, I like the, the two page... I love giraffes, too. <laughs> do you know who loves giraffes? Kaku loves giraffes. Yes, he does. What's even better giraffes was... Giraffes are awesome. What's even better are um, Jabra's reactions... Uh, and just how much of a kick he gets out of it is well, and it's also great. the reason why Usopp ends up or Sniper King ends up like <laughs> handcuffing him and Zoro together because they're laughing at Kaku so much. I mean, that's hilarious. And he, like his attack that splits the tower, and he does that a couple of times actually. The first time uh, when they, they sky they, slicer, yeah, sky slicer. Yeah. Kaku when he does his you know half human half beast form, it just looks awesome. It's a rectangular <laughs> the giraffe, cube, yeah. It's oh yeah, great. there's the cube one. He does the cube up. later. Yeah. And I also or, want to mention uh sorry, real quick, I just wanted to mention uh Jabra's uh wolf design too when he's when he's half beast. Uh he looks very mm-hmm. Tex Avery-ish. Like that snout, it's very cartoony. It it is. Is. Yeah. Kaku has the, kind of the Tex-A. same kind of Disney? Yeah. Mm. I both uh, yeah, it could be either. I don't know. I'll let you guys decide. Yeah, that's more you guys. <laughs> Oh man! But um, oh, we get uh, we also have uh, Sanji versus Khalifa, which ends quickly. Yeah, that's um, not much to say. He, she kicks him right in the beanbag. Steve, do you want to talk <laughs> about this? This is like this is. I was going back reading the Sea Train stuff. I remember, wow, Sanji was such like an MVP in this arc. He really carried the ball, and he was in so many fights. Uh, yep. And then this is this is this is the beginning of the downfall of Sanji. No. Sanji goes through like a f- six-year nerfing. Oh god. And I thought this was such an interesting concept. Sanji has to fight a woman. He can't fight women. It's against his code. Oops. How is he going to get out of this one? He pretty much Doesn't. just lets his ass get kicked and then Nami takes over. I like it how was... he like they do like the, the cups of tea. He's like, "Would you like to have some tea?" He's like, "I can't be having tea." Well, you've already had three cups, oh. sir. <laughs> Well, the one thing I do want to say is I like when uh, Usopp gets beaten up and he comes in to kind of save the day and, and fight Jabra. He's like, look, we all have our weaknesses. We have to recognize those weaknesses. I thought that was the best way to kind of explain that away, though I yeah. don't completely forgive it. I think that that was, that was the correct thing. Yeah, that's, that's the correct way to explain it. Look, I'm never going to get over the fact that I am a horny, crazy person. Um <laughs> Uh, uh, one thing, yeah. and there's also one thing that goes like all the way through to the end of like the next volume, where uh, uh, 
Spondum and Robin's journey through the underground as he just continues to taunt her and abuse her and throw her downstairs and just like mess with her. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I love how Lucci uh, is like defying Spondum kind of like, you know, that girl and her cat were following us. They probably showed him the way. He's like, why wouldn't you say something? He's like, oh, you didn't tell me you didn't give me an order to. Come on, man. It's like Lucci just wants to fight him. He wants to fight Luffy so bad. He wants to like he wants yeah. to like fight him one on one. And I, I love the the combat between the at one point, I think in this volume, we get like eight pages of textless combat between Luffy and Lucci. Yeah. And I love that so much. It's my favorite martial arts fight, I think, in, in one piece. Street also, martial arts. Like what uh Lucci said earlier, all he, all they want is blood, you know. So of course he just wants to fight. He doesn't he could give a crap about anything else. He, he, like he like he cares about politics. Yeah. He just cares about power. Like when we get the story of like uh, young Rob Lucci, we'll talk about that later. It's but. crazy how long this Lucci fight lasts. It goes from the what are we at forty one through the end of forty four. It's kind of nuts. Um, so we'll go back to that. Uh, mm-hmm. ne- the next big fight though is Frankie and uh, Fukuro. I want to talk about. So good. I love this fight so much. Me too. Uh, like the the taunting with like yeah, you we had a weak punch and your your punch <laughs> is like you panties like. What? Yeah, and, uh, uh, screw you. And, the, and the ultimate setup of that is Oda's King of the One-Liners when he does finally get Cole in his belly and then punches uh, Fukuru. He, first he tells him to put up his guard, and then he concedes like, oh, yeah, you're right. Those punches I gave you before were weak. <laughs> we, the Frankie and Chopper comedy duo with, uh, oh, vegetable. I love uh, in the Japanese version the way he says vegetable punch. Go! Yeah. <laughs> Veggie punch! <laughs> Fresh is awesome. The t- the the tea, jeez. Oh, it's all. It's a great yeah. gag. Um, uh, I do. Lo- Chopper are an amazing comedy duo. When he gets the mm-hmm. cola, I also love these. You zoom back at Ennis lobby, and you get the, the lightning cracking down as he says "super." Uh, it's just this super dramatic reveal of uh, <laughs> him regaining his ability. Um, oh, what uh, about this, uh, oh, you, the- you guys think about this color spread with the mastodon? Like the the caveman color spread. Oh, for the four hundred chapter, yeah. Four hundred one, yeah. I love that. Yeah, one. it's a that, good. That that's Mastodon a good. is just freaky. I thought you were going to talk about the Chopper Man one in four hundred five. Um, color spreads. There are a lot. Yeah, um, that's a lot more than we get today. We don't get. I love. I love chapters. Caveman One Piece. <laughs> I like One Piece in different eras. It's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the so yeah the where this Fukuro fight goes is kind of in the air, <laughs> yeah, and the water. Oh, oh, we get uh, we get Frankie's homing missiles, which aren't really. It's him <laughs> running around shooting him. Yeah. No, he, it's yeah. the the missile launchers are in his shoulders. Yes, and then, dislocate them. And then the homing device is just him chasing after. We, but we also get the reveal here that Frankie is Battle Frankie thirty six. Oh, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I love. It's a ridiculous fight, and I, I love how Frankie kind of solves it by, ch- like, as uh, Fukuro tries to save himself, he, you know, gets on his leg and then manages to centaur him and <laughs> throw him into the ground. It, it's well, a, he, like, he stops the momentum and, like, blasts him in the face. It's, it's, so it's a really good. kinetic and cool fight. Fukuro has the most ridiculous expressions, especially when uh, he hides and yes. he's like, oh, I'm like an owl. I'll swoop down. You won't even know it. And Chopper punches him. He's like, "Oh, he's just hiding over here." And the face he makes, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he makes like this owl face, like he yeah. has a beak. Uh, that was perfect. Uh, it's just another great design uh, by Oda. It's, 
It's so freaking funny. This is one of my... I think I'd say Frankie versus Fukuro is one of my favorite One Piece fights. Hands down. Yeah, uh, it's, it's one of my tops. Mm-hmm. I also like... I mean, they're all supposed to be animals, even the ones that aren't animals. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so that, that was an especially fun little... Because when uh, Kumadori is fighting Chopper, he alludes to being a lion. The Kumadori... Let's talk about that. That's a much more intense fight. Yeah. Um, well, because we have to push Chopper to the limit so that he's willing to do his three rumble balls, which turns him into a monster. Yeah, it's also great because this is the reveal why Chopper can't eat more than one devil's fruit. Like, we always, you always figure, it's like, why is he just limiting himself to one at a time every three minutes for three minutes? This was a great reveal. Uh, this was, I think, as good as like the Gear 2 reveal. You know, I was, I was shocked about it, and I love the incorporation. Even I like fully agree with that. Seeing Korea for some reason with Chopper just makes me cry almost immediately. I'll talk about that when we get to volume forty-five a little more. Um, but it's just it's such a great. Um, I love how it's just brought in there, and I think this kind of thing works a lot more when you're marathoning because you're like, oh yeah, this just happened. This makes sense. I could see this in here. Although Chopper looks completely different. Um, I hate to yeah. tell you, uh, but yeah, this is what. A cool spread when you finally see him there, uh, Monster Chopper. I mean, what did you guys think of this reveal? Uh, when I, we I, first, sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, when we first got here, around the same time, the PlayStation video game Shell Colossus came out. And I remember everyone making those comparisons. It's it's nuts. Yeah, it's very. I, I, I always I always associate it with uh, the anime and like the way his howl. Or his roar works in the anime where it sort of finishes off with a uh, like a wolf's howl. Hmm. I love like, the sound. Roar. I love that sound effect. Right yeah, there. yeah. And like the, uh, I know it's with Frankie where the sky turns like super green and weird. But that. Uh, uh, might- I I also want to mention. Uh, I love how when the fight eventually does end here, he just throws him across NES lobby like a rag doll. Yeah. Uh, he. he, he Kumadori's powers are are pretty amazing. Like he does that life return. He has his like his hermit training, so he's able to control like his body to the to the extent where he does the life return. He's controlling his hair. He turns his hair into a finger pistol. Like it's 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 quite the range of powers he has. And like also his ver- his like his verbosity is is impressive. Yeah. Like he just he just doesn't stop talking. So we have all but one of the keys, and that is, uh, and we need to get S- uh, Sniper King off of Zoro, which we didn't mention because it's annoying. Well, it's um, also uh, Zoro does propose cutting off hands. <laughs> just a lot <laughs> like, of jokes. Usopp is like, we're not stuffed animals. Anyway, uh, so let's talk about the Khalifa Nami fight. Um, what, what did you guys think of the fight? Uh, I think it's the beginning of more reoccurring fan service in the series. Yeah, I don't I think just, it was uh, badly done. I no, I, I, I'm not guy. saying like, oh, this was a dark day in One Piece. <laughs> but I, I remember when this chapter came out and like, oh, oh man, she, she's she, she's naked. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I I think Oda did a good job of making Khalifa funnier than I thought she could be. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's very really, like, uh, yeah, of like yeah. of uh, oh. like, oh, she can transform into a monster. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Nami just calling her an idiot yeah. or like um oh it sounds like you're some kind of bubble person who <laughs> ate the bubble fruit it's like uh no <laughs> <laughs> she, she gets she gets into her i know kung fu pose 
Uh, interspersed through this is the Luchi Luffy fight, which gets, as Ed mentioned already, a super intense martial arts fight. Um, and then Nami gets turned all bubbly, and Chopper, as you said, runs in in the middle. Um, and I think Frankie runs in in the middle here, too. And Sanji gets hit with the bath, and things kind of go, things get a little more chaotic as we head into the final series of fights. And yes, there are more fights after this. Um, I do like how Nami defeats Khalifa, basically. Look, I'm a meteorologist, and as we all know, meteorologists are never wrong. Um, navigators, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the, the whole Thunderlance tempo thing is in the Mirage tempo. And yeah, I, I, I definitely like Nami's improved uh, climate attack, our yes. perfect climate attack. Now it's no longer the party trick climb attack we, i like the party tricks though you know? i know you like the i don't <laughs> the, the, the party tricks are fun but it's like it's a gag you can only see it once mm-hmm. good point you don't want to seeing a party trick more than once just ruins the fun yeah um anyway eventually uh the handcuffs come off and the fight begins in earnest um yeah which is long overdue we talked a little bit about the zoro kaku one uh i want to talk about ashura and kind of the end of this fight if uh, if you guys have anything to to say what about well, I mean, but, first, but no but first act they um spondum calls the buster call at this point oh, yeah. before Uh-oh. before Absolutely. before we get the end of yeah, okay, the okay. uh just jabra, yeah. jabra spawn of uh, jabra sanji, sanji and kaku zoro but uh yeah, uh, he's he's like, hey, Spandam, wrong snail. Oops. <laughs> Fucking clumsy idiot. Yeah, and Vice Admiral John Giant is there at uh, Navy headquarters receiving the, the you know, you just send send them out, send the five Vice Admirals from headquarters. It's so close. It's 30 minutes away. Yeah, and we see the gates of justice actually opening in there, mm-hmm. too. And Spandam um, doesn't know that everyone can hear him on the island. He's like, well, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs first. These soldiers' lives are worth nothing to me. Uh, all, all that matters is my promotion. Again, what promotion are you looking for? You're already the head of the secret secret organization. Well, again, we'll talk about that in the reverie segment. Um, <laughs> I may not be able to stay on for that, but we'll see. Well, let's hope. Um, so we have the three musketeers uh, color spread, too. I want to mention there that because I love that one. Um, oh, but my favorite gag with Spondum is the, uh, oh, th- my name is Straw Hat Luffy. No one believes you. <laughs> that's, that's all of it. <laughs> I forgot about that. That, was that is one of my favorite gags with Bondum. Okay, so I, we should probably first talk about the uh, the Sanji uh, Jabra fight because we get the introduction of the the Diablo Jabra. Uh, yeah, I, Jambe. Jambe, whatever this, it's called. Next to, I think, the Frankie Fukuru, this might be my favorite fight of this this. In a lobby series, it's a pretty good. Just Sanji to say, fight. we are now in volume forty-three. So, if you want to talk about the cover for that, okay. one. Uh, Frankie's on it. I remember yeah. being psyched. I'm like Frankie with the straw hats. Uh, it's it's nice. It's cool to see the opposing co- covers of forty-two and forty-three. And, and I'll, I, I just uh, non like non one piece, but the the fart joke as the volume comments this is one of my favorite like volume comments of all time. It's like. So like I have to fart, so I ha- I'll make a noise. But I made a noise. Now everyone's quiet, and then I fart. <laughs> Sorry, I, every time I just laugh, very very hard. 
that silence was well deserved. Uh, I, I, I just want to mention with the cover, I, I like the uh, oh, we had the CP9 last, now we have the Straw Hats, and I was a huge Frankie fan when these were coming out. So just to see him on covers, I was like, yeah, join the crew. <laughs> uh, so. Frankie, speaking of Frankie, uh, manages to make it all the way to where the fight with Luffy and, uh, and not Kaku, Luffy and Luchi is, is going on. Uh, and then we get the end of the Zoro fight here. Oh, that's right. The first chapter of this volume is where we get eight pages of amazing textless yes. combat between uh, Luchi and, and Luffy. Oh, uh, so good. So, yeah, thoughts on the end of the Zoro fight? Since that that happens next, uh, I and of course I love Giraffe Kaku, so it was it, it was really fun to watch. Uh, some awesome panels. One of my favorites is when uh, Kaku's just thrashing about his long neck. It's drawn so well. Oh, you know man. what's funny about that, though? That's how drafts actually fight each other in the yes. wild. Mm, they, like, yeah. hit each other with their, basically, they have, like, hollow heads. Well, not hollow, but, like, they have, like, very, uh, that's how they attack each other. They hit each other with their heads, like, waving their necks all around. It's crazy. Um Oh, we did mention that Frankie has to knock Chopper into the ocean in order. That's the only way to keep him alive, because otherwise, this monster form is going to kill him. Yeah, that was which, way back. Yeah. Well, no, um, that, that 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 happens in this volume. Yeah, in this volume, but way back in this volume. Uh, yep. From where I am at the moment. <laughs> um, yeah, and, is, is and then there... at the end of this, Zoro tells Kaku he's fired from Polly. <laughs> yeah, and and Kaku's like, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, Kaku takes it kind of... <laughs> and people are like, oh, he's, he, they kind of had a conversation after they finished fighting. Yeah, he still maybe, might join. Yeah, maybe he'll join. Um, like, it's still good. It's still uh, good. <laughs> the Ashra uh, panel's awesome just because I love... I love the way Zoro's drawn. I love the, I love the fists. Uh, well, not so much fists. I just love the hands. Yeah. I love the jawline and the mouth. Um Mouths, plural. Mouths, or just well, the mouth of Zora. I always yeah. thought oh, yeah. Asher was a little ridiculous. Uh, I never really got it. Um, it's. I think I, it, it's supposed to be an illusion. It's. He hasn't actually. I, I know. That, I have a theory but, behind that. But he's able to project his blade into mist and attack from all directions. Basically, That's yeah. I mist. don't. I don't think it's an illusion per se. I think it's literally uh, taking a cue from Dragon Ball. Zoro's moving his head and his hands so quickly, mm. it looks like they're solid forms. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. And that's it, when that's like it's like this. It's um. It's like the little. It's like a little, um, like a thirty-six pound phoenix, which like, projecting his attacks so small, he's moving so fast, and like he's projecting all these little blades, and it seems like a mist. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Robin decides to kind of finally. Not fight back, but try and hold her ground as she literally chomps on the side of the bridge that Spandam is taking her on to, to kill some time while everyone get to let everyone get over there. I just want to mention before we get too far away from it, all the funny names that Nami calls uh, Usopp throughout this, like you snipe nose sop. We're not even it's like we're not even at Sniper King anymore. <laughs> we're not even the same syllables. <laughs> Uh, we got to get the gags in there. Got to get the gags. Uh, we get uh, we start getting into like the real Luffy Lucci fighting here. And oh, and uh, one more thing. Sorry. Yes. Uh, one liners. Sanji. He says, uh, "God makes the food, but the devil makes the spice." Thank you. Yes, that one's too good. <laughs> and uh, also, super. Leave it to Frankie. Uh, yeah. 
so yeah, we got more of the Luffy Lucci fight, and then one of the more iconic moments is wait, Usopp didn't really get a full fight, and that's because his fight is sniping the hell out of Spandam from the other side of the uh from the Tower of Law all the way to the the bridge of trepidation or whatever the hell it's called. Um uh, how great is the scene where we reveal that and Soke King's pointing into the yeah. air. What a great panel. See, yeah, that's panel. That, that, that's the confusing thing. That that is the that that's the namesake of the of the of the volume. Yeah. You know, uh, was it called uh, Legend of a Hero? The hero is Soga King. It's not. Yeah, it's not it's Luke. Spot, no, no, that's a, it's different. Uh, spot Arms talking about how much he's going to be a hero after he turns Robin in the entire time. Yes. So he thinks he's the hero in that sense, and that's why the chapter's called Legend of the Hero, because the true hero is so Also, this is where Sniper King's uh, bounty poster comes from. Uh, right. Poster comes from. Something else that's it's a really small art detail in the panel where Sniper King's revealed is that if Sniper, King, uh, Sniper King's uh, mask wasn't broken by Jabara, that, that light that's shining through wouldn't, it be, the, wouldn't be there. Mm. Huh. Interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I never realized that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he also delivers all the keys, uh, and Frankie's there to also protect Robin, and that ends, uh, volume 43, and we get into volume 44, also known as the Luffy Lucci fight volume, because that is 90% That's, of it. Yeah, you know, um, the last 10% is what gets me, though. I, it's look, a thick volume, too. Yeah, it's... I read that this morning, like, right after I woke up, and I must have been, like, in an emotionally vulnerable state. So <laughs> I, I cried even more than usual when I read that this time. Uh, oh. so, to start off, though, Usopp... We'll get to that at the end. Uh, Usopp's still on the top of the Law of Justice... When, uh, the Tower of Law, sorry. When it... <laughs> The law of justice, did I say? Yeah. <laughs> uh, while it explodes. I went in the bathroom. I laid a log of justice. <laughs> um, but Usopp manages to jump off and is fine. But no, he's not really fine. Um, oh, that, that's a great moment in the anime, actually, where he's, they do the, the voice falling from very high distance. Like, you call! <laughs> As he gets closer <laughs> to the ground. Anyway. Uh, Doppler effect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that, then the, the fighting between Luffy and Lucci hits, hits an extreme well, as the Buster Call fights then get, Then of. things get kicked, then things get knocked into third gear. Yeah, when we see five fucking badass admirals and their Mexican armadas. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Battle, and they don't get, are they coming don't get and they're coming strong. What? I don't, I don't think they get named here, but it's Momonga, Onigumo, Doberman, Yamakaji, and Steve's favorite. Steve's favorite? Strawberry. <laughs> yeah, Zach's favorite. Strawberry! It's my favorite. Uh, he's Ed. a really good character. Yeah, they don't get named until way later. I yeah. think in the well, uh, couple No, a couple of them do. Onigumo gets mentioned. Uh, I think Doberman does as well by oh, his yeah. like, men. But sure. Onigumo is like the really evil guy where he's like, are you hesitating shooting on that ship where they are? Oh, I'll kill you too. Yeah, Onigumo yeah. and Sakazuki seem to share a lot in common, which yeah. I find interesting. Um, but yeah, we get the. But that's what a great color spread. Not a color spread, two page spread. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the fight, the the firing commences, and Luffy and Lucci <laughs> are forced to go to higher ground as Lucci floods the. Uh, so the so evil, man. Uh, just to make, just so his friends get get dr- drowned, and yeah. they won't be fine after that. And then get things get kicked into third gear. 
Because <laughs> old ladies who are mermaids show up. <laughs> oh, this really works perfectly, doesn't it? Um, old ladies and mermaids are, are, and they're coming too. Um, yeah, they're okay. coming hard. Uh, there's um, so many. There's so many great gags f- uh, for this reveal that won't even come for another two arcs. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's true, and I, we get a Doberman right uh, revealing the history behind uh, Lucci Wait, and his. Dark and I really appreciate, I really appreciate that they turned that into an entire episode of the anime. Which, as far as like stretching things out, expanding on things like that is stuff I can appreciate. Eh. We're completely skipping over the most important part of that chapter: gear, yeah. what Gear Three actually is. Oh yeah, a bone <laughs> balloon. Of Luffy blowing up his his body parts the size of giants. I remember reading that for the first time because that was right after I caught up to the manga in the Zoro versus Kaku fight, mm. uh, and I got like that was like one of the first like new chapters I got to read on a weekly basis, and just like the giant fist coming out of the tower. It, Fucking love like, that panel. It's 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 amazing. Yeah, my mind got blown. I I remember working just like screaming and jumping around the office like oh, oh my god i <laughs> wish i was there to see that oh uh, uh, you I, you would not be friends with me <laughs> um one of the most oh my god moments those luffy crushing that battleship with the giant axe mm-hmm. uh as luchi is just countering by turning into an actual leopard and biting him in the shoulder it's really the only time we see him as a full yeah leopard. yeah it's true um yeah. but it's Thank a you. really cool moment <laughs> Nice kitty, uh, and but Lucci can cut down ships too with his uh, victory whatever. bird. Yeah, yeah, S- tempest S- kick S- victory bird. Yeah. Uh, I want to I want to mention that there is so many variations, especially of the uh, storm leg, for each of the characters. Yeah, like, that's true. Yeah. Like uh, Jabra has his wolf version. Uh, Kaku's is like the sky slicer. Uh, he, anyway, and well, I uh, even loved how like Bluno would use the iron body for like offensive moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that wheel kick he did. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so Luffy's third gear comes with a cost, and that cost is that he becomes adorable. I'm sorry, he becomes <laughs> tiny and 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 has no defensive capability. Yeah, we didn't really talk about that first one where he goes through the gates, the big metal door with uh, Chimney yeah. and Gonbei. Uh, I but that was thought that, that was going to be Gear Three. <laughs> Was it he just turns tiny? <laughs> yeah, I figured he turned tiny and like all his powers compact into his tiny. That's, that's a very Dragon Ball thing. That's like King no, that's that, that is King Piccolo. Yeah, uh, King Piccolo. Yeah, <laughs> um, and we also get a small little fight between Frankie and Funk Freed and Spandam, where wherein Frankie throws Funk Freed onto Spandam. So good. Spandam's poor, face poor is so Funk swollen. Freed. Poor <laughs> Funk Freed. I've always felt bad for Funk Freed. Frankie intimidates Funk Freed actually, which I found really funny. I, I always wonder, is it, this feels like a waste of the elephant elephant fruit. I feel like that could have been used. Yeah, you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir here, Zach. But it's also the kind of thing that Spondum would do if he got access to an awesome fruit like that. He would totally give it to his sword because that's the kind of guy he is. Yeah, he could have eaten it. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, that would have made for a very interesting fight there. Although they mentioned later on with Dr. Vegapunk in, uh, it's only in next volume, so next I can volume, just, yeah. I, I yeah. just talk about it. Yeah. Like the fact, like that was his project for the last year was getting the devil fruit power to go into an inanimate object. So maybe it was Vegapunk's project and somehow Spondum got it. I don't know. Oh, so like he already infused the fruit with the sword and Spondum just got a hold of it. Oh uh, yeah. He gave the, he gave the fruit to the sword and maybe Spondum was just like raiding the laboratory. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so when Dick. when Lucci discovers that Luffy's become miniaturized, he kind of 
returns to a smaller state and starts kicking his ass as much as possible. And right, before, I love that. I do love that little punch he gives when he's holding him by his neck. When yeah. Luchi's holding him by his neck, he's like, and he, <laughs> Luchi is so offended by that too. He just like tosses him. He's like, super. I, that, I thought that was hilarious how offended he is. Yeah, but Luchi's actually not doing very well uh, either, and so Luffy is able to come back to his full, full self. And then we get the reveal about Kokoro. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, I like this reveal. It's Sanji's, Sanji's dreams are dead. Everyone's dreams are dead. <laughs> Especially his, though. Especially his. Um, and and we go back to, well, Gauza, The She pulls them all up. I'm sorry, that's that's a Frankie's reaction to that. I love how Frankie yells at Kokoro to put on pants. <laughs> Double standards. And well, no, she yells at him to put on pants back during the flashback. No, I know. Um... It's, no, it's a good gag. But we find out that mermaid tail fins split at age 30 and they can live on the land. Also important. Uh, also disturbing in this case. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sanji misses the chance to, uh, to like, hug Glomp, ro- a Robin, and Chopper, and like, he goes flying yeah. into the mast of the ship. <laughs> and, ap- and after that, Chopper somehow like, re-loses his ability to move. Um and then huge explosions uh, rattle the the Frankie family who was trying to escape out the front, which was probably a bad idea with mm. with the giants. Um, that that where, sequence was scary. Yeah, where Luffy decides to gear two until he dies. Basically, is the end of that chapter four twenty four. Uh, and the the fight rages on and rages on and rages on, and we find out that uh, there were no survivors from the Frankie family, even though we soon find out that that's not the case um which shouldn't be a big surprise and so only one target remains and that is the bridge and so the buster call head uh, heads into heads into overtime as yeah. and luffy and luchi fight and fight and we get that we get the six king pistol like the uh, like basically like a big reject dial it's a beautiful fight um yes. and he does he tries to do it and like when when he catches luffy with his tail between his legs <laughs> no, no, he catches him with his tail to prevent him from, like, right, 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 evading right. this. Take me seriously, damn it. No. <laughs> I refuse. That's, that's a little later. <laughs> but we, we, get, we get the captains who come to attack the bridge now. So right. We also find out this is the first time Ennius Lobby in 800 years, which seems like an important amount of years, has been attacked. Uh, so since the Void Century. Um, mm. Which I think is an interesting powers. note. Yeah. Rust power. Yeah. Rust uh, power. Oh, yeah, we get the rust power. Um, Ibushiri's dead. And we get all these captains. I love this spread showing all of these, the elite 200 uh, captains and lieutenants. Um, yeah. I like how I think Usopp points out that they're all as strong, potentially as strong as Smoker. smoker yeah. 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 Uh, uh, can we t- uh, let's talk about Usopp's speech to Luffy. Well, we should talk about that the fact that uh, Zoro loses a sword here, because that's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we also yeah, we also get a berry guy uh, that Frankie punches. Very good, very yep. good. Uh, and yeah, so yeah, talk about the speech. And uh, it's like Luffy's like Usopp's here. When did he get here? Um, but he, so he draws his draws his attention. And he says, "If you're gonna beat him, you gotta stand up and do it. You're not dead yet. This isn't the afterlife. We're not even close to the end. We all have to go back together." And he like reminds Luffy of his purpose, like to overcome and like do that like the third or fourth gear second to finally take out uh, to take out um, 
Lucci and he does the Jet Gatling. Well, what's amazing is Luffy oh. still gets his ass handed to him a few times before he could actually get up again. And you yeah. get the whole flashback, and you know it's going to end when you get these. Uh, uh-huh. All arc, all arcs in like this, and you yeah. see everything that's passed and and everything that he's fighting for here, and he gatlings the hell out of him, mm-hmm. um, and it's just it's essentially a panel is the whole page, and and it deserves it, um, and that that punching continues onto the next page too, mm-hmm. and he declares that they're going to go back together, but first he has to get up. Yeah. Um, Oh, uh, it, even in, like in the next panel after Usopp fi- finishes his speech, he's already got his blackboard out. He's scratching with the fingernails. Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's doing he's doing his thing. Usopp noise, uh, and he's out of the Sniper King mask here too. Mm-hmm. Um, for this, but whole, uh, for this Usopp hears a, a distant voice. What was that noise, man? I don't know. What is it? Do you, you hear, hear it? it? No, I don't hear anything. That's the Frankie family. No, no, it's something else. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, they're fine, too. But uh, we find out that the Mary is still there. Uh, mm-hmm. And only the Straw Hats, sorry to ruin it for you. And the Straw Hats are the only ones who seem to be able to, to hear it. And they roll down into the ocean uh, and jump on the Mary and head off into the sunset. Like, Because it takes me like... Um... Oh, also Sanji closed the doors and the gates of justice at secretly at some point during this. Well, all the straw hats, all the straw hats contribute to this yeah. escape, including mm-hmm. Frankie. Yeah, um, it's a uh, and Robin who snaps spanned him one one extra time for oh. good measure. Yeah. Oh, he deserved all of it. Break oh his, God, yeah, break his back, make him humble. He's been pretty broken, uh, and yeah. So Frankie Kuda vents uh, the ship. After Nami line. navigates through the uh, the whirlpools. Meanwhile, the Frankie family heads off on the train, which I thought left with a bunch of Marines, but I guess didn't. Uh, the Puffing Tom. and uh, The Buster the... Call ships picked them up. The Marines. Oh, oh you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, and Aokiji declares this an utter defeat, and the Straw Hats declare this an utter victory. Mm-hmm. Uh, pulling victories from the jaws of defeat. Um, yeah. s- Actually, like, when Spandam lies about Aokiji's orders, he's like... Killer, killer, come on! Oh, that well, was a that was a marathon. Um, but we're not we're not done yet because we have the most one of the most emotionally taxing parts. Oh, okay, okay. Before we get into that, then I just want to mention one one of my favorite gags from the escape is when uh, Zoro and Sanji catch three cannonballs with Luffy, <laughs> and then everyone makes the the yeah, yeah. kind of oops face. <laughs> Go team venture! Yes, yeah. the victory. Yeah. Um, and so we get Iceberg and his giant golly law ship, which is a really cool looking ship. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- when the Mary sees that ship, breaks apart. Um, like, this is as far as the ship could go. And we find out that Iceberg was the one that repaired it after being asked by uh, the Mary herself to repair it. Um, hey, where's and- Usopp? Uh, he went <laughs> oh. ahead in a small boat. I forgot this bit because it's hilarious just watching Luffy, uh, watching Chopper give Luffy uh, a ride on his shoulders. Uh, Hysterical. Mecha Shiva. Uh. (laughs) Um, I forgot about that, too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why is Chopper the one doing that? He is like the most injured next next to Luffy. No, No Luffy's tired, man. No, I know Luffy is, but Chopper is... It goes on for... (laughs) For a couple pages, it does. Yeah. I never really noticed. Yeah, that. I didn't. Either. I don't remember that. Yeah. Um, and also the fact, yeah, that they're very oblivious as to the Sniper King uh, Usopp connection. 
Um, so what did you guys think of the whole Mary thing? It is. It proved that it proved that Iceberg was right all along. That mm-hmm. you have to know when to say goodbye. You have to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Oh my god! <laughs> we <laughs> made that joke already last there's, week. I know. It's great to know that there's sometimes there are bittersweet endings in One Piece, and uh, the basic way to summarize the scene, I've heard a lot of people say it. One Piece, you'll cry for a boat. <laughs> there's, and yeah. I cried. No, me too. I don't know if I cried the first time, but I've cried every time since. The anime makes certain that you will cry. Yes. Yeah. I, the anime does do it significantly more. I was surprised how uh, split the, the uh, opinions were about that song, though. Yeah, I'm surprised. As an ending too. song. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Um, but uh, Mary gives a touching final monologue to the crew. Yeah. She was uh, just happy that they cared about her. Uh, and I think Zoro and Sanji and uh, are the only ones who don't cry. So, Ed, did you cry more over that or Robin's flashback this time? Oh, this. Okay. Not even close. No, for isn't me, it, it's usually the opposite. But... Isn't that crazy? No. no, it is. Not for me. Like, I've it just the, the part with Mary always just got me more. All right. We got to go into volume 45 and finish it in a relatively quick finish amount of time. It. And the 45 is just packed with reveals. <laughs> now, I want to save a lot of these for the Reverie segment because a lot of them, a lot of it leads into other things. So I'm going to, it will be a little bit quick with it. Uh, but don't worry, we'll get back you want, to it. You want me to help you with the pace? Yeah, please. I, I can start you off. Yeah. This one. Okay, they're back at Water 7. Frankie talks about what he spent the money he stole from the Straw Hats on. It's uh, it's wood from an atom tree. Uh, it's it's kind of well, a big also, deal. Well, also, Iceberg said he's going to make the island float, which I thought is a, yes. important as well. Uh, uh, and the tangerine trees are all right, everyone. Stop worrying. Yes. Everything that was on the ship was okay. Uh, or no, Luffy that was in the hotel room was okay. Luffy could eat in his sleep. <laughs> no, not yet, not yet. Damn it, man. Let me build to it. <laughs> Frankie, uh, Frankie agrees to build them um, a ship yeah. from the wood he bought. Uh, Navy shows it. up. Uh-oh. Hold on. Are these These guys look familiar. And uh, it's it's Kobe and Helmeppo being led by Garp. Oh no, they're going to bring in Luffy, uh, you know Kobe's old friend. Uh, but don't worry, he's not because Luffy is also um, Garp's grandson. You know because Garp Bucky, is Bucky uh, Garp. Luffy's old friend, otherwise known as his grandpa. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, this was huge. The name of the chapter is called Jack in the Box. Just to give you, yeah. we did a whole recap on this chapter uh, way back because this, this was like. There's just so much to talk about yeah. with this chapter. What I what I specifically loved about this reveal is that if you're more familiar with like uh, Oda's external like writings, like Wanted and One Piece, mm-hmm. he he hid he hid his face for a reason. Yeah, yeah. It's just like the second he took off that dog, and I was like, no yeah. fucking way. In one of the versions of Romance Song, if you didn't know, Luffy got his straw hat from his uh, grandfather, who used to be a pirate, who was Garp. Same design, same, same, same scar. Thing. That's why. Uh, that's why uh, Oda hid the design. Yeah, and if you're really paying attention, you'd recognize the mouth. But I don't think anyone mm-hmm. put two no, I, together. No, I never. I know Viz had shown some images of Garp from that romance thon, and you know, I never would have thought. Mm. They yeah, mentioned I had that, seen uh, that romance he, He's the guy who cornered, um, cornered Roger, Roger multiple times. He was basically the smoker to Roger as smoker is to. And to how Luke. about this guy's yeah. Kobe's back? And the last time Kobe was he's in, the in manga, pog form now. I'm yeah, right. no. he's back in pog form. 
And the last time I was on the read-through was when Kobe was introduced and he left the story. Uh, damn, what a growth spurt. Yeah. yeah, I assume you haven't read anything in between. And Nobody just, remembers uh, Helmepo. <laughs> with good reason. Also, oh, such a jerk. Michael and Heuchel are there. Michael, that was great. From the back streets. Uh, we get the reveal of the four emperors. We'll talk yeah. about that later. Um, Shanks is one of them. And Shanks is one of them. That's that's one of the big things there. And uh, Whitebeard, uh, who we've seen at this point, is obviously one. He's the strongest pirate in the world. I heard you met your father, Luffy. What? I have a father? <laughs> What's a father? I love that reaction because that just shows to, goes to show what kind of guy Luffy is. I love the fact that Garp is picking his nose while he's talking about it. Uh, <laughs> Monkey D. Dragon, the revolutionary. Holy the world's shit. worst criminal. What? <laughs> and, the, un- and the guy we saw in a- Logtown. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't that's know if I've reacted. Reveal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I've reacted to a chapter like this no. since. I mean... Really, not much. Yeah, Hell, I, like, I, I thought Oda was throwing us a bone just by revealing Garp was Luffy's grandfather. And I'm like, oh, wait, the guy from Logtown is his, is his dad? And he's the world's greatest criminal? <laughs> and he's a Luffy's revolutionary? Like, and, What's a revolutionary? Wait, we saw him earlier and, in Drum Island. He looks nothing like Luffy. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. uh, Garp looks a lot more like Luffy than... Uh, I like how yeah. Garp, I uh, love the panel with these slaps. as like, whoops, I said a little more than I should have. <laughs> Garp is great. Uh right off the bat, he's hilarious. Um uh Nami in a bikini. Hey, shut up. Can't you see I'm wiretapping? <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great noise. Uh, and I, and we learn about Vegapunk and all of his technolo- the new world. technological the, new, the world, new world, uh, which is huge. Uh yeah. Again, we'll probably talk a lot about now, this in the next segment. It's really awesome to see Luffy interact with Kobe again. Uh, it, and then again, this is years and years between Kobe was last seen in the manga and these chapters coming out. But, man, it, I don't want to start debating the timeline of how much time has passed since uh, Luffy last saw Kobe. Well, it's been within a year. Well, I think it's probably been the amount of time we've been reading it. And in all honesty, that might actually be around the mountain. That's, that's a hell of a growth spurt and a hell of a nose job. Well, they've been doing intense <laughs> training. But also, we also get a Robin meeting Aokiji again after uh, they be back. I love that little scene. Aokiji, don't pull a Zach. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? Aokiji. 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 It's cool to see... You know, Kuzan kind of saying like, "Hey, yep, looks like." Uh, well, this is this like, is great because he's like, "You were wandering on your own. I thought you were going to be destructive, but it looks like you have a path." And let's see if what Saul protected is actually going to do something good with herself. Kind of like a father kind of figure. And Kuzan yeah. even, oh, sorry, you know, Kuzan or Aokiji even reveals like, uh, you know, that, you know that you know that big guy uh, Jaguar D. Saul, that guy I fought in Ohara, you know that I killed. He was a close friend of mine. You kind of figured that because yeah. the way they talk to each other, mm-hmm. it's kind of a. I don't honest... know. I, I felt like from the flashback, I felt like they were just comrades. So I felt well, like I think kind of a, a I, big bombshell for anyone who reads chapter zero. I don't know if this is technically happens before this. I don't know how to treat it. Um, there's a very Way brief. Later. There's a brief panel where they're just like conversing and they look like they're friends. That's that's all I had to say about that. Yeah. Um, 
And then we head to Mary Joa, and we see briefly, briefly see the five elders talking about the fact that Shanks and Newgate uh, Whitebeard have finally met. And this is really crazy because we were talking about this in the first Skypea episode, four episodes of this podcast ago. Um, and that was volume 25, and we're in volume 45. This is coming back full circle. Whitebeard, and, and that's how that's how long. It takes 20 volumes to travel to each other in the New World, for those who are wondering. Um, and uh, so Shanks meets uh, Marco and Jozu first, and we see the first uh, mention of something called hockey, which, again, we'll talk about a little later. Um, and the meeting between Shanks and Whitebeard is big and important, and we find out that uh, Shanks was an apprentice on Roger's ship. Jesus! And that Buggy was, for some reason, also an apprentice on Roger's so, ship. So many... This this is why we tend to love these... Uh, this is one of my favorite volumes. It's also where Whitebeard's new flag first appears, I think. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's why we love these transitional One Piece arcs so much. Uh, There's so many bombshells. And, yeah, we knew uh, Shanks and uh, Buggy used to be on a pirate ship together. Who... F- who would have freaking guessed it was the king of the pirates? Yeah. Uh, and they had a lot of adventures, including however Shanks got his scar thereafter. From, Blackbeard. From Blackbeard. From Blackbeard. Who was on Whitebeard's crew, as we know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just showing like the connection we as an audience have with Shanks as to how important this all is and what he did for Luffy, kind of reminding you. Um, it's it's really, it's really crazy to think about. Um, and... Yeah, and just then they clash because he's like, "Stop Ace from doing this," and we see at the end of this why he why he warns Whitebeard about this. I mean, he's been trying to do it since Rockstar appeared back in Volume Twenty Four or Five. Yeah, who? Exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, and they literally split the heavens, the clouds in the heavens themselves. Love that. They're love pretty that powerful. Panel. Love it. Love it. Love it. It's it's insane. Insane. So- Anyway, Iceberg, uh, Iceberg, and his his top galley law guys now, Polly, Tilestone, and Lulu, help out Frankie build the ship. Oh, hey, new bounties for every Straw Hat, including Frankie. And um, kind of Chopper. And kind of <laughs> Chopper. They just thought he was a pet. Sanji doesn't get a picture. Gets a terrible artist rendition. It is a running gag. He uh, responds with wingdings. <laughs> he does. Frank, but Frankie also has a bounty, and that and that encourages the Frankie family to plead to the Straw Hats, let him join your crew, or take him with you. Yeah, take him with yeah. you. He used to be the son of a pirate too. And we and when we uh, and they're all ready, the ship's all ready. They go down to see the uh, ship. We don't get the name right away here, uh, and it looks huge and so cool and whoa, so um, much bigger than the Going Mary. And it's a uh, what kind of ship is it again? It is a they Carval? Say, oh, no. sloop. No, no, that's the name of the sail. It's a brigantine. Brigantine. Oh. Um, which, if you look up, a lot of the ships in like the 18th, 19th century were that kind of ship. I mean, they did not look like this ship because there was no giant sunflower lion. Um, <laughs> but uh, you could you could see where. It's a really different looking ship. Obviously, it's Oda we're talking about here. It doesn't look like that typical pirate ship. It looks like the Straw Hat ship. Um, and then we get a chase through the street with underwear. Um, the only way we're going to get Frankie to join the crew is if we steal his underwear. 
But look, a man is naked his entire life. May he be like a lion and stand against the crashing waves. Wow, how could Luffy think to ever conquer a guy like that? <laughs> and so Robin decides to grab his balls. Um, <laughs> Lucky fucking bastard. No, Robin. it's... Well, it's if you're into that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> crushed like tangerines or plums or whatever. I, I love, hey, Robin, I want him to stay a man when he joins us. Don't break it off. <laughs> I love all of Luffy's facial expressions here. Um, they look like something out of Calvin and Hobbes, just like the grossed out look. I, I love it. Um, and we get a little flashback with what Frankie's real dream is. Not only does he want to build the ship of dreams, he wants to ride on it and take it and t- take care of it. Yeah, and the way it's just trying to outdo Tom. Yeah. And uh, Iceberg and Tom have that heart-to-heart. It's like, look, you got to forgive yourself. We all forgive you. Now you can uh, in a heartbreaking moment. Frankie, it's not your fault. And he starts, uh, as we mentioned earlier, the fake crying, which is real crying because of his balls not being grabbed here. Like grapes. Crushed like grapes. Well, he's crying, but he starts out like, oh, how, oh, it's so painful. Nika Robin <laughs> grabbing, you know, my oh, Robin's not doing it. Uh, and Robin says, like, I stopped doing that, like. <laughs> One little bit with that uh, that the anime did really well. Every time the Square Sisters like crush like grapes, they cut to like uh, the voice actor does. Frankie's like, "Ow, grapes!" <laughs> it's like, "Come on!" Before you said tangerines. Don't keep making them smaller. <laughs> it's a good bit that they added in. Yeah, um, and we get to see kind of where Zambai and the and the twins and all of them came from, and it's mm-hmm. it's it uh, it tugs on the on the emotional heartstrings a little bit. Um, and we find, you know, yeah. what he did. See, the, like, them. the formation mm-hmm. of the Frankie family. And Frankie finally does it. He gets his pants back after realizing that the Navy is coming. Uh, we get a nice, Just, nice shot of his the, butt again. Yeah, the best farewell possible. <laughs> <laughs> what is with that, like, jump in I the air? I don't get it. I don't get it. It's the best. It's the best. Ba-doom. Farewell. But, yeah, uh... Garp has now been ordered to take in the Straw Hats. He's like, oh, damn it. Oh, well. And have we forgotten someone? Yes, Usopp. He's like, wait, crap. I thought they were supposed to, like, ask me to join uh, join them. So he's, like, running. Well, we, get, we, get a, we get a flashback here, which is very important, where Zoro... Oh, yeah. Dude, this is this is crucial. And Zoro a- kind of lays out why you can't just let him back in, because otherwise, why are we going to respect him? Any of us could just say that and get back in. It's could- one of the things I love about Zoro. It's, he, he didn't start off as a pirate, but, man, he is a voice of reason, and he looks at, like, this was a great moment for him to say, hey, he insulted us by quitting our mm-hmm. crew. You don't just bring him back. He yeah. has to has. We're not to playing a game him. here. This is, yeah. this is this important. Is- this is one of the reasons why I believe Zoro, if anyone on the crew, represents the first mate of the Straw Hats. Yeah, just yeah. right here. With, it's like, this guy may be an idiot, and he's like, bopping him on the head of the sword. That, yeah. But he, oh, no, yeah. this is well, Zoro. Sanji also says he, he might be an idiot, but he's right. Yeah, but he's still our, ca- but he's our captain. Right. It's, Zoro has this just respect for Luffy, that Luffy is the captain. He makes, he says the final say, we follow his orders. It's, it says a lot about Zoro's character. And and Luffy Luffy is persuaded, um, remembering kind of just how serious it was at that time. But then um, Usopp eventually makes it to the shore, and he's like, "Oh hey, um, hey, you guys forgot about me. Hey, come on, let's keep doing the things we're doing. I could be and, the first mate." <laughs> but Chopper's like, "Hey, hey, uh, Usopp's calling you." He's like, "I don't hear anything." And 
Usopp's like, seriously? You're, you're really going to leave me behind? And then, Mean, Meanwhile, uh, Garp is throwing by hand cannonballs, cannonballs. in like, insane fashion. It's it's great. I, it's, oh, we, and we also forgot to mention now, uh, was it Aokiji? Aokiji. Aokiji is hey, hanging out on Garp's. Hey, Kiji is hanging out on Garp's ship, just chilling. Mm-hmm. He's not even participating in trying to catch the Straw Hats. But finally, Usopp comes to his senses and lets out one big apology. And this also makes me tear up. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, he needed, I, he needed to do that. I, I, I mean, you notice the, when you read, this was just such a great culmination because the entire time we've been reading this read through, you have Usopp calling him, I'm captain Usopp and, uh, chopper, you know, responding with that, or he's just been so full of himself. I mean, at the same time, he really knows that he's the weak one. He knows he has limitations, and I think that's probably part of the compensation thing. But it's just so important here for him to say, not just I'm sorry, but I'm sorry for being so stubborn. I know, you know, I'm pathetic that I said I already quit, but can I take it back? And please let me join. Um, I think that's just such an it's just such an important scene. And then seeing Luffy break down, too. Um, and saying we're finally all together again is just this such a bittersweet not bittersweet just sweet moment <laughs> and they're ready to set sail we get a final moment here talking about naming the ship the thousand sunny or as uh frankie would have called it the uh what was it the frankie lion gang champion or as <laughs> uh zora would have called it the big boss lionel uh monsieur monsieur sunflower from uh robin from, no, that's Sanji. Robin is oh. on Kokumaru, which I should probably ask someone what that's referring to. Isn't and it like Death Flower or Death Blossom? Luffy just saying random, probably. Uh, Luffy just saying Dumpling Gorilla Lion, or I think he had a few others in there. Um, <laughs> just saying random words. Okay, yeah, they, they take off. <laughs> well, Luffy's like, going to be serious now. We're going to take off. And I love this little confrontation as Garp brings the giant, swings the giant cannonball. Giant cannonball. Where did this thing come from? <laughs> Maybe it keeps out of the water. It. it might be the ship's anchor. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Probably shouldn't throw that. Yeah. And they go, and they uh, cuda burst away. Um, and that's, that's that. But there's something... I mean, first we go around the world, and we should yeah. probably talk about this. We see point. Smoker and Tashigi, and man, Tashigi got hot. Um, <laughs> yeah, That's and Smoker, Smoker without a shirt on. Man, Smoker got hot. <laughs> yeah. They both are, okay? Yeah. Um, but he's a Commodore now, and she's an Ensign. So they're, that's the uh, post Alabasta promotions there. Right. Yeah, we see, and speaking of Alabasta, we see Cobra and his. His, cohorts uh, yeah royal staff maybe and they're like wait luffy luffy's allied himself with miss all sunday and vivi was all people like eh, it's cool I- i'm sure luffy has his reasons he will become the king of the pirates um, good to see her again and ev- uh, and, and what is it uh, cobra and igaram are crying or something um and vivi's like what are you crying about uh and we head to the crew again who are yeah. cheersing and then we go around the world here uh we th- this is i love this part in the end yeah. especially i always love catching up with the the straw hats their uh their, their respective friends. you know families or characters that they grew up with before I, joining the... i mean marathoning this just makes me appreciate these things more mm-hmm. 
Uh, so we get uh, we get Zeph and the Baradier. Them laughing at his wanted, wanted poster. poster. <laughs> uh, we see whoop slap. What would did um, what would Dadon think about this? Who what the hell's Dadon? Who is Dadon? What would Garp think about this? We see Kaya. Kaya and the uh, and the, onion, the carrot, and apple. Yeah, who are not no, pepper, pepper. Pepper. Yeah, who are like not fooled by Soka King at all. Yeah, no. I mean, no one should be. No. <laughs> we see Zoro Sensei, and all the kids are like, "Oh, teach us to uh, teach us how to be a pirate." He's like, "I'm gonna teach you how to be a pirate." Uh, we got Nojiko and um, Gen. That's his uh, name. Genzo. Right? Genzo. Genzo. Yeah. I was right. Good. Okay. Um, I think it says there. I just forgot to read it just a second. Uh, Genzo doesn't like the uh, the objectifying of Nami yet. He made a giant, giant, poster. giant poster of it. And we get a look at Belmere's grave as well there. Um, then, we, then we head to uh, the former Drum Kingdom, where we see Kareha, who now uses uh, Lopins to it's get It's the around. Blossom Kingdom now. It's Blossom, yeah. That's what, it's, that's what it says it's called. <laughs> um, and this part kind of made me tear up, because it's like, oh, I, it was just like a cute little scene here. Uh, also, uh, by the way, uh, Dalton likes steamed, uh, rice steamed with chestnuts. Is uh, Dalton king yet? Yeah, he's yes, king Yeah, now. he's king yeah. now. Um, it's I I love this whole little scene there, and then we head toward the Grand Line Island of White Soil Baltigo, where we hear what's apparently there have been insurgencies and victories. Uh, could presume we're here with the revolutionaries, and uh, then uh, this shadowed individual sees the Straw Hat Pirate wanted uh, bounties and uh, what is it six hundred sixty seven million and fifty berries. <laughs> And we find out that it is Monkey D. Dragon. Uh, and we we get a sense of him and saying the day will come soon when we meet. And then we head back three days. Um, the way the anime did this, I like a lot more than the manga. The manga is just kinda, one self-contained yeah, episode. It's perfect. Uh, the, this is one of the things the anime did perfectly. Um, is but this pretty fight. much, we finally got to it. Ace finally finds Blackbeard. And well, Blackbeard has a, a plan. They yeah. they they saw the Straw Hats new wanted posters. Like, yep, let's go kill them. Yeah. Well, no, this is before the wanted posters came out. So, oh no, no, it was right after. No, maybe? no it was right after yeah. the. They actually hinted at this when they're uh, yeah, during the Whitebeard right. uh, Shanks confrontation. Right. Yeah. Um, and and you get just this insane fight with uh first just Ace wrecking up the place, and then we find out uh, at the very end of Volume Five. That forty-five, sorry, not five. That uh, Blackbeard is made of darkness. Oh, this reveal! I I remember the year this came out was literally the year in chapter, and you had to wait like two to yeah. three, three yeah. weeks before oh, really? you find out what that meant. Like this yeah. transitional arc couldn't get better enough. Then it's like, oh my god, Blackbeard has some darkness, some dark, dark fruit, <laughs> and it looks freaking amazing in the manga. I love the way it's inked. Uh, it's the same way uh, Oda does like. Uh, crocodile sand ability yeah. now with dark ink yeah. oh man it's <laughs> this is great and it's a great anime episode too but man it's so awesome to see ace uh get to you you know get to kick a little more ass uh show a lot more well, of his techniques we won't get to see that yet <laughs> freaking bird just throws a house at him oh it's yeah. so much fun yeah and the, the fight's mostly contained in this first chapter in 46, which we're just going to talk about mm-hmm. so we don't have to make it, you know, between two different weeks. Okay. Um, I, I mean, 
what do you guys just think of this fight in general? I could, I guess I could say, cause this is kind of its own thing. It's one, of the, it's one of the more iconic one piece fights. Uh, and it's a game changer. That's for sure. Ace loses. A lot of people thought Ace. I don't, well, I don't know if I should talk about it yet. I'll wait till it's, it, it's gone back to later, but the referee, uh, yeah. Talk about this is, uh, it's still pretty clear Ace is on the losing side of the fight. Yeah, well, he definitely lost. It's yeah, um, we yeah. reveal all of what the black darkness, darkness fruit is capable of, which is like it's like the grandfather of devil fruits. It can remove a a fruit user's ability by touch, and it seems to have some like weird uh, black hole dark gravity power. Mm-hmm. It's we we still don't, to this day don't really know the extent of this power um, or why Blackbeard wanted it so specifically beyond the ability to kind of yeah. steal the devil fruit power that he killed he killed a crew member for it yeah I mean I don't, Blackbeard doesn't seem like the kind to care that much about that but who knows I don't, we don't know um, and that it's going to be a trigger to major events to follow which is a great transition into our reverie segment. Uh, which will be spoilery. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this extended, extended version of the of the red of the red line. Uh, why don't we get into the next segment? Sweet. This is the reverie segment where we uh, all come together from a commonwealth of different nations and discuss uh, what we think things look like in retrospect with this arc. Commonwealth, uh, solve my wealth. Uh, we have here Ed, as usual. Hello. And we have Brian still with us. Yep. Uh, Steve did not want to be spoiled or something, so he left. Let's say that's the reason. Um, so there's there's a lot of uh, interesting things. Uh, I, I think first, Brian, you you bring up a, you brought up a good point before we we started recording, and that's kind of how NES Lobby sets a, a new pace for the series going forward. I yeah. Want to talk about that. Well, like after during Water Seven, it was such like a long slog and an arc, and then going to NES Lobby, then coming back to a uh, Water Seven. It was literally like a two, another two-year arc that we've we're currently finishing. <laughs> that, well, seven I, volumes is around two years. I think it's four volumes a year usually, so it's at yeah. least two years. Yeah, and so like after every arc after this had, was progressively shorter. Like Dollar Bark was only a year. Shabadi, Amazon Lily, I think Impel Down was within a year, and then the war was like half a year. So it's just like. Everything sped up at that point. And then everything slowed the hell down because Fishman Island was a full year's worth of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Punk Hazard Punk was a year. Yeah. Uh, Dressrosa was... I don't think it's ever going to end, really. I don't... Yeah. It's funny how like we've already spent like over four and a half years in the in the new world after the time skip. It hasn't felt like it's been that well, long. Well, that's because it's been the equivalent of around a week. Uh, yeah, for I the think, Straw Hats. For the Straw Hats. Uh, <laughs> it's, even though it's been four years for us. Um, oh, and like we also got it's funny uh this uh during water seven in lobby is when we get the introduction of gears, and now we have gear four yes, it's yeah. true it's very it's it's a, a very cool introduction there um obviously, the stuff that happens in O'Hara it impacts things yeah. beyond what we know it's like the fuel for my conspiracy theory about <laughs> the you know the world government destroying the world and remaking it because it's all it all it all always takes me back to that like what however six moon 
uh, yeah. astronomical Six model. And a half. Yeah. Well, there's the other moon that revolves around that. Well, it's even funny you mentioned destroying the world, and we never get the answer on why Innis Lobby is the Never Night Island with a giant hole that never filled. Filled. Yeah, either. that is that is very odd. Um, I have a feeling it has something to do with something 800 years ago because we I, know Innis Lobby existed for 800 years un unfettered. Well, it's also interesting. It's like Inislavi, the island parts, only feel like part of an island. And we, this whole arc was about like ancient weapons that could destroy islands. It's it's. Uh, I've been writing a lot about this lately. Sorry, so it's really yeah. on the mind. But the uh, Buster Call is like their pale imitation of what a Pluton could do. Yeah. Yeah. Buster Call is probably nothing when we get to the stuff at the end of this series. I'm sure. Oof, um, yeah. When we it's finish be, like, this. Ball. When we do the read through volume 76 through 105 million, I, I don't know, some very high number. Um, if you think about it, and this was kind of scary. So we've done 250 manga recaps and 250 episodes prior, uh, 250 manga chapters prior to where we began the podcast and impel down would have been just about the beginning of the water seven stuff we did, mm. which is crazy. Um, yeah. And so 250 chapters from now is going to be a little bit, it's going to be well past chapter 1000. Um, <laughs> so, which we'll I'm, get there. I'm sure we will get there. So it kind of just, uh, this, uh, you really get a perspective of, of the world, I think, in, is what I'm trying to say in, in this, uh, in this arc. Um, I think the bulk of what I want to talk about is in volume 45. Um, and I know, the Reverie segment, unfortunately, we can't cover everything that's important because there's a lot. And I don't want to spend another three hours <laughs> talking about right. uh, talking about that. Uh, but Volume 45, there's a reason we kind of went through it quickly. And that's because all, all this stuff is very important. And we get the Adam and Eve trees in, in Fishman Island, right? Uh, uh, yeah, the Eve. Or we get the is, Eve, yeah. It's the one that's underwater. Um, we don't know anything about where the atom is yet. Um, no. Okay, yeah, I want to make sure. It's on a certain island, I believe. I hate to say, I'm excited to read the Fishman Island arc again, because I forgot everything that happened in that arc. Um, and there's actually some super, super, super important things covered and surrounded by things that are not as important. Oh, especially um, towards the end of that arc, sure. Probably next to volume 45, volume 60... Is that 66 or 64 or something? It's probably... 66, I think. It's probably one of the more important volumes to the big, big, big picture of One Piece. Um, not just like, oh, there's a Kaido and there's a Whitebeard. I mean, that's all important. I mean, Kaido, obviously, uh, is who we're headed toward now. Uh, and with all the pirate alliances in the New World, and you kind of hear the territory, Garp going through all of this stuff that now is is much more prescient. Um, it's, it's very interesting to see the seeds planted at this point for what we're going through at this moment. Also, Fishman Island is the next stop, guys. Yeah, it's <laughs> only it going to take us two years to get there. At least, yeah. right? And then there's also all the ramifications from the Ace and Blackbeard Shanks incident. Like, what does it mean, like, that Blackbeard is the one who gave uh, Shanks his scars? It's, well, it's very odd. Oh, there's something Oda's been setting up that in One Piece you can have these like 
scars that are both like physical and mental that like form your rivals. Like uh, Luffy now has a scar in his chest from uh, Akuinu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Roger and yeah, and Whitebeard said the same thing about Roger. Yeah, all the scars he had that he remembers that he got from Roger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and seeing Kobe also announced that he's going to be an admiral, and and we've seen him. Well, hockey is really first introduced prominently here. I mean, obviously it happened in Skypea, yeah. but we see it. I mean, we know Kobe's going to get it. This is where my train of thought was. Uh, but white, but Shanks demonstrates it to a much more devastating effect than we've really seen in the series because he like actively wipes out. People who are probably relatively strong. They're in Whitebeard's crew. Even the newbies are probably not super. They're like Rockstar, right? They're at least <laughs> Rockstar's level, I would think. Yeah. Um, but you, you see just a much more... It, it's something very... It seems like it's more than what we've even seen uh, well, thus far. I remember, I remember when this chapter premiered and no one was translating as hockey, surprisingly. It was, uh, one of the early translations I saw was will or willpower. Which is so, accurate as well. I mean, that's kind of what it means. Right. And so I always thought the symbolism behind that was gigantic. The fact you can, you're so, your willpower is so powerful that you can just well, make it is, that is what it is. It is, I know. Yeah. So the, so that implication for the larger scheme of what this world and what hockey is is like really nice touch for Oda. I mean, it, we, we've known he's had this kind of conqueror's king hockey before. We've saw it at the very beginning. Um, and I love how he just throws these little hints. And I mean, hockey is something that becomes, we're going to talk about, not this week, but we're going to talk a lot about the two weeks from now when we get to Shabbati, um, which is going to be a very short episode, but we have a lot to talk about. Um, just to, and also just the stuff, this is all the stuff leading up to the Whitebeard War. And yeah. Yeah, and you always wonder if uh, Marco ended up joining with Shanks now that uh, he took was, him up his, off, his offer. Now that like, yeah, said, I yeah. tweeted that because so. it's a it's a good. That question. was you who tweeted that. I saw yeah. that. Yeah, um, because I was reading him like, oh yeah, maybe now it makes sense that he would say yes because Shanks. I mean, of the four emperor, Shanks seems like the nicest guy, uh, next to Whitebeard, <laughs> I guess, if you were on his crew. Uh, Blackbeard mm-hmm. seems like the most <laughs> devious. Still don't know anything really about uh, Big Mom, and well, we know a little bit about Big Mom from Big Fisherman. Mom seems not like someone I'd want to hang out She's with. She's unstable. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we really we really know nothing about Kaido. So I mean, I mean, now that we uh, know he's the, kind of unstable. Well, now, now that Doflamingo has been taken out, uh, we'll probably get something from him. So yeah, at some point. Yeah. yeah. Um, for those listening to this years in the future, you probably know already the the answer. Oh, and just uh, just as a. Um, uh, follow up from something we mentioned before. They did give Khalifa's father a name. His name is Lasky. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Did the other guy have a name? Then no. Uh, as far as I can tell, it's uh, just him. Is, yeah. is there is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Uh, and as a concern. Well, want to talk about Dragon? That, oh, like, find, finding out finding out that he is uh, Luffy's yeah. father is a pretty big one. It's quite amazing. Although, yeah. and we get, we see later that Robin spends all this time with him, like uh, after she's at Tequila Wolf. And, and what we the now hell know. is Tequila Wolf? What are the, what's that bridge for? Oh, that, we'll talk yeah, about we that don't more know. next time. I, well, not next time, but when we get to it, that's it's so really that's interesting. Two episodes to go, but yeah, like she never at least yeah. mentions like the fact. She never mentions that to Luffy that she hung out with her, with his I hate dad. How because... Robin never talks about that. Well, it's... part of that, part also of her... wouldn't care. I don't think. No, I don't yeah. think would. Part of that's her personality. Part of that's like that's not important. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. 
Unless Dragon said, like, hey, can you say hi to my son for me? And then she just says no, that, yeah, then Robin's not right. No, that's, that's, that, that ain't right. Um, it's very interesting. I mean, th- this whole volume kind of, volume 45, sets the pieces for the Paramount War that's to come. And it, it just, and a much bigger picture stuff even than that. Um, and it's very cool to see. Uh, is there, are there any other points? I mean, there's, there are other points, but are there any other points you want to mention? Oh, we can, I guess we can talk about like Al Kichi a little bit. Like the fact that he ended up having to leave the Marines after a conflict between his justice and between Sakazuki's justice. As we we see the the foreshadowing from that here. And, uh, that's just the way the world is seems to be going at this point and we don't we don't really know i love how I'll... early that seed is planted oh don't... yeah and uh i want to talk about something else later but the yeah the implications of how the world government deals with justice and what marines kind of start every marine seems to interpret their own justice like smoker uh aokiji shakazuki and even saul mm-hmm. yeah yeah I want to non sequitur or going back to something. I just, we were talking about the hockey that uh, was emitted by Shanks and the weird thing about it. So he has the normal conquerors hockey makes people pass out and foam at the mouth, but he also made the ship kind of crack and snap open. Just I assume from the same power, which Mm. makes me wonder the, what the the full physical manifestation of this willpower is Um, because you notice there's like a little panel there. Yeah. I caught Um, that too. And it, it's odd. It's uh, different than anything we've seen. So yeah, we have we. Yeah, that's, maybe that's that's volume forty-five, page seventy-three. For those wondering. Well, the the thing Odo always does. I mean, Odo is really good about upping the scale. So we've only like where we are right now in the series uh, during Dressrosa. We've only seen like a piece of the scale of mm-hmm. the world, and like we honestly haven't had like uh, a uh, an emperor fight yet. That's going to be intense. Yeah. That's going to be nuts. Um, yeah, I don't know how... we've only been doing Warlord level. How is Luffy going to get that strong? I mean, yes, Doflamingo's probably one of the strongest Warlords. I mean, we don't know what the, the last one is. Yeah. Who, who well, remember Whitebeard? Is. Whitebeard's flipping island, so... <laughs> well, Whitebeard was the strongest pirate in the world, it was right. said, so... Uh, I mean, Kaido and Big Mom are probably a little stronger than they used to be, but they're probably still weaker than Whitebeard was. Blackbeard sure. is definitely stronger than Whitebeard was. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. And Shanks is probably weaker than Whitebeard was. But who knows? Who knows, really, yeah, at this point. And uh, what's, I mean, what, what ends up happening when uh, Luffy and, and Shanks finally meet again? I mean, that's at the end, but, you yeah, know. since we get a lot of stuff with Shanks in, in 45 as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention was the potential agendas of the uh, the Garoshi or the Elder Stars, and that how we we mentioned how they seem sympathetic to the fact, or at least they didn't want to pull the trigger on O'Hara. But in those panels, something Oda's already been good about. I think I've mentioned you guys before is that Oda never shies away from showing like younger versions of characters. So we got like. Spadane when he was young. We've seen Spandine? him now when he's old. Spida, I'm sorry. Spanda. <laughs> Spanda. Uh, well, we've seen Spadam when he was younger, too. Call and, him whatever uh, you want, because I don't really care. Yeah, that jackass. <laughs> uh, we've seen, like, Sengoku, uh, of course, the Straw Hats, and just, like, the Admirals. We've seen more or less versions when they're younger, Garp as well. 
but the he went out of his way to obscure the five elder stars. And I, I think this, my is, this theory, is Ed's theory too. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, because I, I didn't remember reading it in the manga like that. But yeah, he, they he, they are concealed in the flashback. Yeah, I don't think I really picked up on that until uh, closer to the war. Like I definitely didn't think about this during Ohara, but when I saw the war, I was like, "How come we've never seen them young?" I'm like, "Maybe they're immortal." Or ageless, at, at the very least. At the very least, yeah. So and, what it's like, it, and what exactly is their relationship to the Ten Rubito, are the, the Celestial Dragons? Are they one of the Celestial Dragons? Or are the Celestial yeah. Dragons above them? Like, what's the real highest point of the world, you know? Yeah, what's they the seem deal? to now work for them. At first, I thought they were the peak. Now I'm like, I'm not so sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right, it's it's very complex as to what, uh, uh, maybe it's the kings, the reverie. You know how how do they fit into all of the power structure? The maybe you should have a simpler system, world government. I know you're. I mean, it does kind of make sense that there are five the five elders because like the five points of the world, five C's. Or, well, technically there's yeah. six, but it's the grand line is both. But yeah, yeah, you know. I that's what I always assumed those symbolized because you had the four. You had the four and the one in the middle, you know, and the yeah, uh, and now and now, like that theory doesn't seem as far fetched since the uh, revelation of the Appa op fruit. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we have to assume that five people died for each of them. I I don't know if that's what it is. I uh, think there's I, a a lot can happen in a hundred years, or eight hundred years. No, I'm talking about the specific void oh, century. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not only that they're ageless, it seems. It seems they have the same exact outfit and same exact uh, facial hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do move around that palace of theirs, though. Not very much, though. I see yeah, them outside once. And they're you always together. You never see together. them separate, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've also not seen very much of them to the point, I think, every time we see them, they're reintroduced. They have the Oda box almost every time we see them. Because <laughs> um, people forget. Because people forget. Uh, very interesting stuff. Uh, and uh, and we, we see them very briefly in, in this section. I mean, we see them once in 45 and a little bit in uh, 41. Um, I'm sorry, a bit in 45 and a, a lot more in 41. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's very interesting, the the history behind the government. I just suggest people read my article when it comes out. I'm pimping it, but it's 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 thanks to you know Brian and Ed or what really inspired me to write it. So um, you're welcome. <laughs> thank you. Uh, Not you, just the people in general. Uh, and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you guys like it when that when that comes out because I, I may basically just go into what we're talking about here to like an extreme level. Um, any, I love that someone else? did it. I, 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 had, I had to do it. It's it yeah. was it's been like. Thank you for doing what I could not. I've been obs- it's been obsessively racking my brain. It's all I've been able to like think about the last. That's why few we weeks. did the read through oh. in the first place, Zach. You know. So Enough. I become an obsessive conspiracy theorist. <laughs> another, We're uncovering another, new insights about One Piece. Brian. Another, another small thing we can talk about is the the Mary Soul or the Cobbler Man or whatever that's Club referred Club to. Cobbler Man. Man. Yeah. Yes. Well, now we saw this. This is one of the first time we've seen it. Like uh, manifest in a way where like the Straw Hats recognize it as an well. An iceberg. Yeah, an iceberg. Yeah. And now that we've seen Big Mom's ship with the talking ship, just waiting for the fact that now their new ship, the Sunny, might start a- exhibiting some like spiritual entity and then that becomes be a life form else. too. I don't know if that's like something. I I, I think happens. I think that's a fully realized uh, Kabata man. Interesting. I mean, yeah. it is One Piece, and I've learned not to doubt anything. 
uh, once Enru stepped on the moon in this in <laughs> volume 44 here. Um, don't don't doubt anything you see. It could be real. What, what, yeah. what was it? It says in volume 25, uh, 24. Anything that's possible to be dreamed of can be a reality. Wow, you memorized that. Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, it's something like that. Um, anyway, this this is a this is a very fun stretch. Uh, thank you guys for going through this with me. Why don't we round off? All right. Sure. Uh, next week, we are going to be going through the Thriller Bark arc, volumes 46 through 50, uh, covering the Thriller Bark arc. And uh, we're going to stop it before we get to the, sh- the Sabaudi, Shabadi, however you want to pronounce that arc. Um, Shabundi, Shabadi. Um, Shapoopy. Shapoopy. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to have special guest Joey Weiser. He is the Eisner Award nominated uh, artist and creator of Merman. And uh, he also does these SpongeBob SquarePants comics, I believe, right? Um, we're also going to have Tiffany uh, from Crunchyroll on for that one. Uh, if anything changes with that, we'll let you know. Uh, we did book these uh, a while back, so there's always the possibility of, of that changing. Uh, so we're, we're really looking forward to talking about those with uh, some special guests. Um, the it's a good arc. Probably going to be shorter episodes because we're going to have after that we're not really doing a one anywhere close anywhere close to this long until our last episode, which is going to be a real marathon. Um, Can't we just splice in old manga recaps for that? I wasn't going to tell people, and I was just going to do that and see if anyone noticed. <laughs> Damn it, Steve, you ruined it for everyone. <laughs> Damn Mostly it, Zach. Yeah, definitely. Um, actually, it would probably take me a lot more time to splice in manga recaps for, uh, like, a hundred episodes than it would to just <laughs> talk about it. Um, so, yeah, I look forward to that next week. That's going to come out. It might come out a day late just because of uh, all the conventions and stuff around the season. Uh, so it might come out on July 17th. So uh, be warned somewhere around there. Um, anyway, Steve, how can the good people contact you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Steve Yurko and follow me on Tumblr, steveyurko.tumblr.com. Uh, Brian, where can people find you? I'm easily found on Dark King Zorro on Twitter, and my DeviantArt is Bannendorf. Uh, and look for news episodes of Rick and Morty and Teen Titans Go. That's where I direct. And Ed, where could the good people find us? Zach, you are Zach underscore Logan on Twitter. I am Edward E. Festizio. The podcast is at OnePiecePodcast.com, Twitter.com, YouTube.com, and Facebook.com slash OnePiecePodcast. OnePiecePodcast is our Skype name. OnePiecePodcast at gmail.com is our email address. OnePiecePodcast.tumblr.com for news updates and funny pictures. Subscribe on SoundCloud. Subscribe on Stitcher. Subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Or call us on our phone number. Zach? Our phone number is 347-497-MAGI. That phone number again is 347-497-6254. Call in time. Good, good this week, guys. Questions, comments, theories. Uh, we'll be back. If, with... if, if you if you want to say you want to live, we'll listen to that. <laughs> uh, we have a special One Piece podcast coming uh, this week. We will have Greg on the show, which is the first time in a while. Uh, so this will be our 250th manga recap, including Chapter Zero. So we're very excited to have Greg on for that. Uh, 
please send in your questions, comments, and theories uh, heading up to that. Uh, we hope you've been enjoying these read-throughs as much as us. We are done with this Water 7 NES Lobby stuff. Uh, excited to uh, see some uh, haunted stuff in Thriller Bark. Uh, so, again, the assignment for next week is 46 through 50. We'll see you then, everyone. My name is Zach. My name is Ed. We'll see you next week, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Thriller Bark Arc. Thriller Bark Arc. Bark arc. Thriller bark arc. Bark arc. Bark arc. Bork bork. That's the name of the ancient kingdom, Zach. Oh, I've been shot. Okay.